0: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We are brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. I'm Derek Johnson. With me is Nick Springer. I woke up feeling cheesy. It's the coach. <laughs> yeah, KU was named the uh, the biggest news of all this weekend. KU I named woke up the, the what is it? The Cheez-Its National the Team of the Week. Cheez-It bowl, bowl, bowl National Team, national team, team of the Week. I don't even know. Does I don't every even care. I don't even care. Cheez-Its. Cheese. Does every bowl game have their National Team of the Week? Or is that just like, did Cheez-It... Did Cheez-It just, like, implore upon themselves? They're like, dude. we we need to pick a team of the week. It's the most LeBron stat of all time. Like, <laughs> the Cheez-It Bowl team of the week. Hey, by the way, the Pop-Tart Bowl people were uh, at
1: the game. Oh. Sorry. Dude, no. I'm dreaming bigger than the Pop-Tart Bowl. Mm. Okay?
0: Screw the Pop-Tart Bowl. Give me the Cotton Bowl. Well, I will say Give the Pop-Tart, Pop-Tart, Bowl, Pop-Tart Bowl used to be like way back obviously it used to be the Cheez-It Bowl the Cheez-It Bowl is now like the Orlando Bowl or something whatever uh, the Pop-Tart Bowl used to be the Insight Bowl mm. which was KU's last bowl win ah okay there you go and on top of it Nebraska's like 5-3 and three right now would that be interesting to you at all Kansas-Nebraska Pop-Tart Bowl it would bowl? be because KU would win by a billion mm. Mm. I mean and they so would Matt smoke Rule? Nebraska I you, think I don't know. It'd be kind of fun. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, do, I do agree with your point, though, because now the door is open after beating Oklahoma to where it's like the dreams are real, the, the, the aspirations are moving up. The idea is, hey, if you win out, could you be in a New Year's Six Bowl? And, and yeah. that's so far away. There's, and, there's and so stuff. many yeah. moving
1: parts to this whole situation. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the Big 12 standings, and it's just an absolute cluster. <laughs> I mean, it is just it's impossible to figure out what in the hell is going on with the Big 12. But the good news is, there are three games this weekend in three different time slots that are going to significantly determine where the trajectory of this conference is going. You have K-State, Texas at 11 a.m. on Saturday. At the 2.30 slot, it's uh, Bedlam, OU and Oklahoma State. And then at 6 o'clock is KU and Iowa State. So you're going to have three games over three different time slots that
0: are going to really determine the top cream of the crop of, uh, of this conference. You are. And it's all set up because you beat Oklahoma one of the biggest wins in KU's regular season history as a program. Like, yes, there probably are bigger ones, but recently – it's up there. I think it's the biggest win in the Lance Leipold era. You're yeah. bowl eligible. Like, let's not forget yeah. that. I know that. That part's gotten so overlooked. It has, because the expectations do become higher, and that's part of winning this game. And and honestly, it's a good thing that, that getting bowl eligible becomes overlooked, because if you want to sustain yourself as a program, you want that to more so be a footnote of what happens. But you should still celebrate it. And let's celebrate it, because they're bowl eligible. And yeah. this is the first time they're bowl eligible back-to-back years since uh, Orange Bowl, the Insight Bowl, uh, the back-to-back times. They're ranked again. Ranked in the coaches yep. poll, ranked in the AP poll. Yep. College, football yep. college football playoff rankings come out tomorrow. Could see Kansas in the I know. The I'm like like actually excited to like when they unveil the rankings. Dude, I don't care who's 1, 2, 3, and 4. I just want to, is Kansas going to be in the dude, top 25? I got to tell you
1: something. I have, over the course of the college football playoff, since they've done their stupid Tuesday night release <laughs> rankings, I've watched that like maybe twice. But you best <laughs> be believe it tomorrow. that my I am going to be so <laughs> locked in I'm gonna
0: have that on every screen in my house. Yeah, it's watching television, the college football playoff. I'm going to be pumped, ranking. Gonna be Release. awesome. And so you win the game, 38 to 33. It was a game that, like, it was. I don't even know. It's kind of it. weird to be honest, right? I mean, yes. Yes. you had a great running game going, well over 200 yards rushing. Devin Neal and Daniel Hyshaw, absolute beasts. Uh, a lot of your receivers made big plays on the outside uh jason bean comes in clutch i'll get to some thoughts on jason bean because i thought it was also a weird jason bean game here in a second um i thought the defense was great i know you give up 33 points i know you look at it and you're like well you almost gave up 300 rushing yards and um they gave they averaged nine yards per pass but like i i thought the defense was was good all things considered you hold oklahoma to 33 you force three turnovers a lot of those passing numbers actually came on that last drive kind of in, in garbage time and a lot of them on that that Play that probably could have been offensive pass interference on Dude, them. Yeah, that was crap. Honestly, by the you way. could have gotten a fourth turnover. There was some. There was a lot on the play of play that crap they called dead calls. for. Uh, yes, there was a, a lot, lot of BS yeah.
1: calls. I thought the yes. the Craig Young one.
0: The Craig Young uh, the one was terrible because well, he got Arnie, he shoved. He into, yeah. after the play, somebody else shoved him. Where's the flag for that? Unbelievable. Oh man. And you know y- your run defense did struggle. You did have some special teams mistakes. Game filled with turnovers both ways. They had three. Yeah. You had three. Yeah, I mean, no way to win. You can gigantic victory. Uh, you, you, the
1: turnovers is not the reason one team won or lost this game. Which is crazy. I thought for sure they
0: had to win the turnover battle to win this game.
1: Yeah. It was it was just a really, really weird game. But I will I'll just say this. Besides the little spurt from Oklahoma where they got it back to fourteen fourteen and then off the fumbled kickoff made it twenty one fourteen, besides that section of the game, the rest of the game, I think Kansas was was the better team. Was mm-hmm. was objectively at the very least, they were level. And in many areas, they, they were the better team. And you look at Kansas, they left points on the board. They got stopped in the red zone twice. They could have made it even worse. They didn't even score off the fumbled off the fumble that Oklahoma had yeah. on their kickoff. KU didn't even end up scoring any points off that. If they do that, they, they could have won by a lot more. So besides that little mini-spurt from Oklahoma where they kind of got re-energized, uh, and I, I don't know if you watched this part of the broadcast at all. I went back and watched it. And when K, when KU was up 14-0, there were some Oklahoma some of the veteran leaders on their team that were on their bench, and they were getting after themselves, like they were they were trying to fire themselves up, and that kind of I think got them to to get going a little bit. But then KU they absorbed it, they responded, and w- and went from there. So besides that little mini spurt from Oklahoma, I think KU mm-hmm. was was
0: arguably the better team for basically the rest of the game. Well, and I I think the weather overall was a help for KU. I think it's clear Dylan Gabriel is not a cold weather quarterback. But also it's weird because I thought the weather delay, like the delay itself, I think the weather itself helped KU. I think the delay actually hurt KU because yeah, you go bit. into the break, it's 14-7, and I actually thought the delay was going to help KU because I was like, okay, OU had scored, they're around midfield, maybe this allowed them to reset the momentum to where you had it at the beginning of the game. OU took the weather delay momentum and then scored 14 straight after the break to make it 21 straight in total. Yeah. Um, in the end, again, I do think the weather was good for KGO. I think it's good. And, um, obviously if you played them again, hypothetically in the big 12 championship, which, you know, that sounds crazy to say, but I guess that's the conversation we're in four games away. Um, it would be tougher because that would be played in a dome. And and that's the beauty, I guess, for Dylan Gabriel is that, uh, college football, every big game ever is going to be played in a warm weather, whether it's a dome or, uh, indoors, at least until maybe the college football playoff next year has home games in the quarterfinal round. So uh, I I don't know I I thought w- uh, the weather like I guess good good for KU weather was was MVP I I don't know yeah the weather it, it was good uh, and I, I think Oklahoma reacted to the weather
1: too in the sense of uh, they ran it I think they ran they ran it 17 straight times in the first half I'm pretty sure that was the stat uh, so they they clearly understood that hey with this situation and and Dylan Gabriel maybe maybe being not as effective in in this type of environment. We need to focus on the ground game. And they did do that, and they were successful, but KU adjusted. They made adjustments, and Kenny Logan and Marvin Grant were coming up, flying to the line of scrimmage a ton in the second half, and they were either making plays or just their presence was resulting in opportunities for other guys to make plays in the run game. And that that proved to be a major adjustment. And and Oklahoma, they couldn't adjust back to try to throw the ball more because it just wasn't really working for them. Which is crazy to say, considering they were the number one passing offense in the conference heading in, but that that was that was the situation they were in, where you know Kenny Logan was at the line of scrimmage, in a in a heartbeat, the ball was snapped and he's at the line of scrimmage looking to make plays, and he wasn't always necessarily getting the tackle, but his his presence, him being there, you know, either altering the runner or changing the, you know how how the blocking scheme is set up with with Kenny Logan flying down like that, and Marvin Grant was making some plays too, resulted in a ton of positive plays for Kansas, so. Kudos to Brian Boylan for making the adjustments. You know the the tempo of Oklahoma never really killed KU that much, except for when they were going in that uh, 14 when they got those quick 14 mm-hmm. points. But other than that, KU handled it. Uh, they were explosive. They they looked like I will say this: the KU defense they they were they were playing into it with some with some injury stuff. I, I think there was a couple times where maybe you know it was not necessarily a play that needed to be stopped. But I'm all for that because it worked in KU's favor.
0: Yes, it did. Uh, Okay, I I guess let's get to the Jason Bean part of this because Jason Bean delivered in the clutch, in the key moment you needed to. MF and Bean, baby, he is uh, certainly his legacy. I guess will be provided from this game, so to speak. But in in, at the same point in time, he did come through, and and I think that is what matters here. So there's a lot of nuance here, and this was the ultimate Jason Bean game. So I want to go through this and have just a quick conversation about this. Okay, so he had two interceptions. The second of which was really bad. It was it was the interception that he threw right to the guy on the screen pass. The first interception, you know, it was it was, it was too, kind of a covered guy, but it, it, I don't know, it gets tipped up like whatever. Um, you had some other bad plays too. Like he had the near interception that ended up getting caught by Quentin Skinner. It was tipped twice on the sideline. You had the sliding short of the goal line. Which they ended up getting bailed out because, well, not bail. I mean, the guy, it it was the right call. Uh, There was a targeting call, reset the downs, allowed you to get it. If if he would have slid short of the goal line and they get stopped on fourth and one, Would have been vilified there. He also missed Trevor Cardell wide open at the end of the first half in the end zone. Ended up having to kick a field goal to make it 21-17. That would have instead made it 21-21. He missed a wide open Luke Grimm on the first two-point conversion. Uh, He also had the near interception in the fourth quarter in the end zone when he was about to get sacked and just threw one up into the corner, but he didn't get there. So all those bad things did happen here. But in the end, he did enough right. He had the long touchdown run. He had the deep seam throw to Mason Fairchild in the third. He had the pass to Lawrence Arnold over the middle at the start of the fourth quarter that got him in the red zone before one of their touchdowns. He had the long out throw on a fourth and four before that second pick. I mean, before that second pick, that long out throw in the win, that is a really tough throw to make. That Luke fourth, Grimm, I think, fourth, yeah, that fourth, yeah. And
1: throw, fourth throw to Luke Graham, that that one gets way overlooked. Yes. that that was also a situation where a if KU didn't get that, they the game could have spiraled.
0: Yeah, and if they don't get it, maybe OU ends up you know getting a field goal there at the end and seven having to to punt after the pick. Or I don't, I don't know how it affects things. Um, but the big question for Jason Bean because so I I went through all that stuff. There were positives and there were negatives. We've seen other games where he's had positives and negatives, but the question was in the key moment in the big drive. Could you get it done? Could you get it done with the game on the line? And credit to the KU defense because they were in the same situation against Oklahoma State. Jason Bean throws an interception. Against Oklahoma State, It was uh, he gets sacked on the fourth down that, that could have been called offsides. Gives Oklahoma State the ball back, and the KU defense basically needs to get a three and out to get the offense back the ball with as much time as possible to give them one more shot. Well, against Oklahoma State, they had a first down, and then you stopped them to a field goal. So you did get the ball back, but you only had 15 seconds left. This time, the defense held true. And give credit to the defense getting the ball back for the offense with like two minutes left after the uh, touchback on the punt. So the defense deserves credit in all this too. But they gave Jason Mean the shot, and he took advantage. On the fourth down, he's got three pass rushers coming right at him. Three guys. Go rewatch the play. Three guys get through eventually, throws it, Finds Lawrence Arnold 20, 25 yards downfield, makes the catch. I went back and well, I've, I've watched the play a handful of times. It looked like he was the only one who was like open, open. There were a couple other guys that were maybe, maybe they had like a half step, maybe they would have got the ball. He was the only one that was like open, open, and he happened to find him. So he came up with the biggest play in the biggest moment, and that was a real question um, about this. And And it's kind of the opposite of the Oklahoma State game when you think of Jason Bean. Like, Bean put up huge numbers in the Oklahoma State game, but he did not come through for you in the clutch moments. And and we've talked about this. The loss wasn't solely on him. They didn't run the ball well in that game. The defense didn't play well in that game. Some calls went against you. Special teams didn't play well. It wasn't because of him. But he put up big stats, but didn't come through in the key moments. In the Oklahoma game, the stats were pedestrian. He was below 50% completion rate. Didn't have any passing touchdowns. It was an okay game, but he did come through in the clutch. And so this game, the numbers weren't great, but he did hit the big drive, the big play at the end. So if we have spent so much time criticizing the opposite, we should now applaud that this game was kind of filling that void and it was answering the questions you're talking about. All that to say, it's still a mixed bag performance. If you're evaluating Jason Bean in a vacuum and saying, how was your game? This was not one of the A-plus Jason Bean performances. It wasn't a bad performance. It wasn't one of his greatest either. But in the biggest plays, which that is the biggest way we tend to evaluate quarterbacks, whether it's right or wrong. I mean, uh, you know, wins tend to be a quarterback stat, even though they shouldn't be. And... um, He delivered. He delivered in the key moments. He delivered on the key play. I think as much as he did, this game was about the other stuff. It was about them running the ball well. It was about the defense playing better. It was about some of the other things they did well. But that's where we were at. It was that we knew those things had to play better for you to beat Oklahoma, and they got you to the ledge. It was up to Jason Bean to make up for the earlier mistakes. It was up to Jason Bean to deliver through with that, and he did. Yeah,
1: I have been one of the staunchest supporters of Jason Bean. I think I've been I've been pro Jason Bean for a long time. I think it's it's it was a blessing that he came back to Kansas. Mason Fairchild talked about it in the post game uh, with Brandon McAnderson. That's the coolest the part radio. of all this,
0: what it means to him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mason Fairchild talked about it on the post game with Brandon McAnderson on, on uh, during their, their radio uh, interview, and and Mason Fairchild basically said, you know, after the, after the bowl game against Arkansas. He and some other guys were trying to say, hey, Jason, listen, we're building this. We're building something here. You, you gotta come back. You gotta come back, man. And and this is exactly why you come back. And like I said, I've been one of his I've been one of his staunchest supporters. But I sat here earlier last week and even on our pre even on our yeah. pregame show from Big Mill on Saturday morning and said and questioned can Jason Bean get it done in the clutch? Can he push you over the top against a good team late in the game? Can he do that? I question that. Even, even even I had my doubts. And Jason Bean went out there in the cold, in the rain, through a weather delay, through the ups and downs, through the emotional roller coaster of that game, and came through in the fourth quarter and delivered when KU needed it most on fourth down, game on the line. He put them in position to win the game and they did just that. And I, I think it's an incredible story and I I couldn't be more happier for Jason Bean. I I mean I I'm I was over the moon for him. That's just an incredible story. Uh, you know, through everything that went that happened in that game, right? I mean, how many times in that game would you have seen other guys maybe crumble, right, especially after throwing two interceptions in the fourth quarter? But he got another chance, and he made the most of it, and that's what, I, that's what most impressed me uh, because I, I, went, I, I was questioning him. I mean, even mm-hmm. even myself as, as being a big supporter of Jason Bean and a, and a big, and a big uh, Jason Bean fan, even I doubted. Even I had my questions. And Jason Bean went out there and on Saturday afternoon at David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium and silenced the doubters and went out and helped KU get their biggest home win, their first top-ten home win since 1984, their biggest home win probably since then, to be quite honest. Yeah. And now KU's 6-2 and two and in position to legitimately have a discussion about making a run. Nine, ten wins, and maybe even playing for a Big Twelve championship.
0: Yeah. And so this this game, it almost you know, it doesn't change my thoughts on Jason Bean. I've thought all the way through that he was a good, not great Big Twelve quarterback. That's how I still feel coming out of this, because there still were the ups and downs. But now we do have the answer to that question about him coming through in the clutch that we know he can do it. And and again, that's that's a big difference. When you look at the Oklahoma State loss two weeks ago versus this one, the Jason Bean performance, the the stats are worse this game than the Oklahoma State. Well, why'd they win the game? Defense played a lot better. Uh, Why they win the game? Running game was a lot better. You only had 91 rushing yards against Oklahoma State. Are are you, are you comfortable enough after seeing the Oklahoma game and, and seeing how they've done every other game besides Oklahoma State, saying that the Oklahoma State game is probably going to just be a blip on the radar in terms of the running attack, and being yeah. a down game. Like maybe there's yeah. one other game along the way, attack. but yeah. that'll more so be like the yeah the I rarity, so. I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, because KU, listen, there were times where they imposed their will on Oklahoma in that game. So, yeah, I, I think Oklahoma State probably, and listen, what type of defense does Oklahoma State run? They run at three-three-five yep. multiple type defense and that seems to be maybe a little bit of the kryptonite of the KU offensive line and of the KU run game a little bit
0: uh, because they've... As that's you said, what OU does too. I mean, not the not, same, not but that, they're, they're, that more, that they, they are they're more, more multiple, like a though. 4 2 five, They are so more it's a multiple. Different. It's different, but it's similar in that they're multiple. Yes, yeah,
1: They are more of a multiple defense, but yeah, Oklahoma State runs that type and and listen, Iowa State they run a similar defense, I think, still. So that could present some challenges this upcoming weekend. But, but yeah, man, a, a fantastic win for Jason Bean. Um, like I said, I, I couldn't be happier for him, and I'm I'm just so so excited because uh, if KU doesn't win this game, man, I I would I would feel terrible because I mean I rightly or wrongly, Jason Bean would have probably end up shouldering a lot of the credit for for a loss. And so I think to to what your point we you said earlier is. He should, be, he should be getting a lot of the flowers now for the win. Mm-hmm. He should be getting a lot of the credit for the win because he was definitely a big part of that, and you absolutely needed him to come up clutch multiple times in the fourth quarter. Sure, did he make some mistakes? Yes, but in the end, he rose from the ashes of those mistakes and drove Kansas down and got them in position to win the game, and KU did just that, getting the win.
0: Well, uh, certainly it was a fun one for KU, and uh, I I guess this is more of a radio conversation. It doesn't matter as much now. They won the game, I guess, whatever. But uh, did you have any thoughts uh, on should Devin Neal have slid at the one-yard line at the end of the game? So so KU, obviously, uh, just to recap here. So KU's down 33-32. Yep. 55 seconds. They're nine, like the nine something like that. They run HB die. Devin Neal takes it in. And Oddly enough, one OU player does try to tackle him. One guy, and guy did. His but everybody else yeah, and the is completely, completely like, laid down. He's like shaking his hands like, no, yes. no, no. They literally they, they parted, yeah. they
1: parted like the Red Sea. Except for they the were, one guy. They were not one even guy trying. Did not on the same member. They were not yeah.
0: even <laughs> <laughs> attempting to do anything remotely close to playing football in that yes. moment. And so Devin Neal goes in and gets the touchdown. You go up five, you go for two, you don't get the two point conversion. Did you think they should have from a game management perspective, and by the way, at the time, oh, you had two timeouts with the fifty five seconds, should Devin Neal have gone down at the one yard line and you run more clock, kick a field goal, or maybe try to score a touchdown on a later play? Man, or did you I, agree with that?
1: I don't know. I mean to be me quite honest is. with you I don't know. I mean to be quite honest with you, at the college level, I think you just score. Honestly. I think you just go score. I mean, why not? Just go score. Because you, just, you never know what's going to happen. Crazy things can happen, right? You've got, you've, got, you've got college kids out there, right? I mean, you, you, know, you never know. You could have all kinds of crazy stuff that could happen in, in those types of situations. So, honestly, I'm okay, I'm okay with just going and scoring. Just go score. Just go yeah. score. Just
0: take the lead. Whatever. For what it's worth, I'm on the same page as you. Uh, here's why. Because like, at the NFL level, I would maybe say, no, go down.
1: But mm-hmm. in college, man, when you, just, you never know the emotions of the game – you know, bad snaps. Plus, it's rainy weather. You just, you just, you just. If you have guaranteed points, I think you take them at the college level.
0: Well, here's here's why too, because I do agree with you. Part of it is the college thing that weird things happen in college, and yes. you, you know, uh, they're not to your point professionals where they execute the simplest stuff and make it look so easy all the time. But beyond that, so let's say Devin Neal goes goes down at the one yard line. OU burns a timeout. Now there's 55 seconds. They'd still have one timeout left. What are you doing on the next play? Are you trying to score then on the next play? Because OU didn't use their final timeout until there was three seconds left after an incompletion. They didn't even need to use it. Yeah. So there was a lot of head scratching coaching decisions in the game. But, But theoretically, my point is if it only if you're just scoring the next play, it doesn't actually change anything with the game. Now if you're if you're saying, okay, well, we're going to make them burn the first time out, we're down at the one, now it's second and goal at the one, they only have one timeout left, which again, they really only basically used one of their final two, even though they did exhaust both. Okay, then are you basically kneeling on, on second down and you're making it third and one and now they're out of timeouts? But now you're third and goal. You only have one play to go in, and what if you get stopped? What if it's an incomplete pass? And now you have to kick a field right. Like then you get into weird mode. Oh, and by the way, thing, you'd had
1: 20 field goals blocked in the that's last my game big thing.
0: thing. <laughs> and and
1: Listen, Seth Keller is has been a, a quality field goal kicker, but he does kick it like yes, at a low trajectory. Low.
0: He is a the 29 yard field goal he made to make it 21 20. That thing was like, that thing <laughs> don't was know. like me chipping onto the green <laughs> from the fringe. I don't know if it's like his style or, or however yeah. you know whatever it is, but he low just, trajectory. Yeah. So yeah. there was that one. There was, as you mentioned, Oklahoma State PAT blocked. He also missed the forty-two yard earlier. There I was mean. UCF PAT blocked, returned for two points. There was against I forgot, UCF. I, I totally forgot about that. There one. There was against UCF. There was the bad snap that they had to end up trying to scramble and throw it. And there was the, the uh, I, I don't know, the missed field goal that he had, was that partially blocked? I, I, don't, I don't know. It ended so. up short. I think it, anyway, it was though. short and wide. It that was that was is weird. enough that is enough um, kicking mishaps for me to be like, just score the dang touchdown. I agree. You yes. know? So I, I thought it was actually fine that they yeah, ended up doing that. I think it was fine, too. Bottom line, this is a program win. There were so many recruits in attendance, whether it was recruits from out of state or just, like, guys with preferred walk-on opportunities. Yeah. That's great for that. That's great from a national perspective. That's great for the guys that you already have committed or are maybe going to commit in the future to be like, oh, okay, I am committed to a program going to the right place. Like you see like Deshaun Warner picking up offers from Ohio State and Michigan. It's like, okay, well, we just beat one of the big boys, right? It gets you bowl eligible, which again, celebrate that. It makes you feel like you can accomplish a lot more. It makes you feel like, hey, we beat Oklahoma. Why can't we beat any other team in the conference, right? doesn't mean you will, but it makes you feel like you can. And it's actual proof that you can now not just compete or be a bowl team that you you're not just now ah, you're six or seven wins, but you you can win big games and you can compete for championships, yep. not just bowl appearances. Yep. And that is a program changing win for KU under the Lance Leipold there. I mean, Lance
1: Leipold has now engineered the greatest rebuild of a college ball program in the shortest amount of time ever. <laughs> I mean, I mean without even I mean, off the top of my head, because I mean, you go back to like. I mean, I'm thinking like when he i I'm fr- thinking like Bill Snyder. How long did it take Bill Snyder to build the? It was up the year Kansas five or six. Game? I mean, so you yeah. know, some time.
0: Yeah, like, and obviously things are different it's, now it's with different NIL and transfer th- portal that yeah. makes it easier to build faster. Yeah, that's, but that's when he first took the job, the thought was maybe year two you're winning four games, maybe year three you're winning six. Yes, that was a big maybe. Yeah, big maybe. And now I mean, you've, you've already won six <laughs> and you beat a top ten Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, you picked them to win three games last year. I did. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable, this uh, the rise of this program and awesome stuff. Awesome stuff for sure. All right, wasn't it as awesome for the Chiefs and KU basketball. We'll talk to those throughout the show today. We'll get to some KU basketball recap against Illinois in their exhibition charity matchup. Coming up on the other side, we'll get to our hit of the week later in the hour. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back again to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We'll get to our Pearson Collision hit of the week coming up later this hour uh beyond KU football which certainly that was a fun one also KU basketball tipped off sort of their season exhibition charity games it doesn't count to the record or anything like that uh but they were playing up in Illinois who is a top 25 team as well and Illinois ended up coming out with the victory 82 to 75 over Kansas a game that Kansas only led for like a minute and Illinois led for like 36 minutes so Illinois was certainly the better team throughout the day, uh, but it's so early in the season. Road game for KU. No Johnny Furphy, like, yeah. you know. They're, they're Maybe the
1: unlimited fouls thing was a bad idea because <laughs> this game in the second half especially became borderline oh my unwatchable.
0: Gosh, the amount of reviews and oh, fouls. Tweet. Tweet. Yeah. Tweet. It felt like a stretch where oh. Illinois had like 10 straight trips to the free throw line without like actually putting up a real shot.
1: It was it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was- the unlimited the unlimited fouls thing was just a bad idea.
0: Yeah, it is, and that's how it tends to like. Also, at the beginning of the season, refs always call games tighter because they're trying to emphasize in the rule. And by the but time dude, we get to this January, is a charity exhibition. I know. Not the I Elite Eight. I agree. Just, I, I, hundred percent agree. It was, it was dumb. It was uh, bad. Certainly, it was interesting to start. A Marco Jackson began the game at the two. So, are you, are you full on board? A Marco Jackson the starting two? Like that's a thing, or are you like expecting Nick Timberlake to get the start? On Wednesday, and leave us in the dark of not knowing who's going to be the guy. Because we saw not in Puerto Rico on- they rotated all three. I'm not fully on board with anything. Okay, <laughs> to be quite honest.
1: Uh, so I, I don't know. Yeah, Marco Jackson. I mean, listen, you got to remember this dude's a freshman, and that was his first real college game hmm. in an environment like that. Obviously, it was just an exhibition, but still, you know that that was a, that was a, a big time environment for him to play in for his first game and. And it kind of showed, you know, he kind of disappeared a lot of the game. He had made a couple nice flashes and scored a couple easy baskets and showed off his speed. But it's probably going to take him some time to settle in. And that was kind of my my overarching takeaway from the, the whole game was it still looked like KU was pretty disjointed in a lot of areas uh, on their defense and even on their offense. They were they were doing some stuff on offense that looked pretty good, but it was still pretty clear that this is a team that is that needs a little bit more time maybe to just kind of have everything come together, so to speak.
0: Yeah. And as much as you do have those starters back and experience like you are basically building a brand new bench, you know, like everybody coming off the bench and, and that fifth starter, it's all brand new. Uh, we'll see how Johnny Furphy impacts things. I thought it was funny. It was basically already a six man rotation. Maybe you would call Parker Brown part of the rotation, make it a seven man rotation. Pa- Parker
1: Brown looked like he had Ernest Sude syndrome out there. He couldn't hit <laughs> a screen. <laughs>
0: Overall, they really struggled even Hunter Dickinson struggled setting some screens. But Brown played like a little under seven minutes. It was like six forty five or something. Uh, I think Timberlake was around like eighteen. El Marco was at like twenty-six. Um nobody like everybody else was like like even in a charity scrimmage game, Jamari McDowell's playing three forty five <laughs> and Zach Clements playing two minutes, and Amen. So I, Bill Self I says know. you play to win the game. I guess so. Well, okay, we we don't know like with Johnny Furphy how much the injury is going to impact him. It's it's shin splints, um, which by the way he, that just sounds terrible. Yeah, I've had them before. They suck. Uh, it sounds horrible. But his are like severe supposedly. But if he comes back, the way that it seems like Nick Timberlake has not earned the Bill Self trust tree trust circle he's in the yet. Circle. He's not. In the circle, I don't think he's yet. in the circle yet. And the way that on Marco Jackson you didn't have a ton of production because he's a young freshman. And again, to your point, first collegiate game. I remember Josh Jackson, his first exhibition game against one of the MIAA schools they play was like really bad. Ended up having a great season. Yeah. Now obviously, well, you know, disavow. And it's uh, tough but, because, you know, Grady Dick, obviously
1: in right away in the Champions Classic, proved that he was going to be somebody right. who was going to be relied on. So and that kind of maybe skews it, but but know, also but like you is... heard
0: stuff over the summer about Grady Dick like not doing well in the summer stuff. Yeah, so much so that Bill Self thought he was going to be a two and done. Yeah. So I I think it happened like with freshmen it it, it, it just, goes like that. Yeah, it'll like, just yeah it'll it just click. clicks one one yep. game right, and yep. that could happen this next game from Marco Jackson. It yep. just might, but maybe that happens for Johnny Furphy to where, Hey, that that spot's open. Maybe Furphy ends up being the starting two. I don't know. At six nine. I don't know. Gives you more. Like I guess technically McCuller <laughs> would be the two then, and he'd be the yeah, three. I guess. I, don't know. Um, I did think the best they looked was when McCuller was at the four, but unfortunately that's not going to be their primary lineup this year. You're going to have to figure out a way where, like, this is one of those years where it feels like KU's five best players being on the court is not necessarily their five. Like, it, it's going to be a more clunky lineup that way. Yeah. Well, so I was watching
1: the game with a friend, and my friend suggested that uh, KU's lineup would be great in 1970 when there's no three point line. <laughs>
0: Which could be true, yeah. Which could be true. The KJ Adams three did <laughs> did not look not look so hot. Yeah, it looked better in Puerto Rico. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe he's going yeah. up on Wednesday. Uh,
1: uh, my, I had two big takeaways really. Uh, besides the whole needing to gel, more time to gel thing, which makes sense. It's it's it's, it's we're not even in November yet, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. And you got a lot of new players. Uh, my first my first big takeaway was that Kevin McCuller is poised to maybe potentially have that Jalen Wilson esque season. Uh, maybe not necessarily from a statistical standpoint. I don't know that he's ne- I don't know that he's polished enough or, or as as an offensive player. The ball's going to go to Hunter so much. Yeah, and also there's going to be a lot more uh, he's probably not going to have it there, but from a leadership standpoint, I think he definitely could uh, could and seems like he will step into that role because he seems to be that guy to take that that torch, right? You know, we all know about Dewan Harrison how he just has a different leadership style. That's just, you know, he he's not going to be a real vocal guy and Last year we heard a lot about Jalen Wilson being that guy, and this year it seems like Kevin McCuller could be that guy in terms of you know being a vocal leader and also demonstrating that on the court as well for KU. The other big takeaway was, and I started thinking more about this, you know, Hunter Dickinson, I was trying to think of a right adjective to describe his game against Illinois. And, like, I, I don't know, underwhelming feels too strong because he went 22-9, and nine, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess when you have a player like that where the expectations are so sky-high, the the recruitment was so much highly covered and highly speculated upon. Number one player, obviously in the transfer portal, it's almost hard to sort of gauge
0: the expectations for for what he's. You're expecting to be. him to look like the most dominant yes. player in college basketball, yes, basically to be like the yeah. national player of the year right off the bat. And it was like he which, was good, but yeah, he wasn't. But, yeah, he, he started slow. Yeah, I think he was just tight. I mean, there's there's the Illinois stuff in the past, playing for KU there. Um, like you yeah. said he stood up with the crowd was on him early. <laughs> they were. And that's a tough place to be in a charity exhibition game.
1: Yeah. Don't I, thought, you think, I don't know.
0: Is, is that almost a good sign? If if that's a, if that's a down game for Hunter well, Dickinson. I don't know. 22 I, and 9. That's what I'm saying. i am I'm,
1: I'm I'm having such a hard TV time TV. recalibrating my expectations for yeah. what I expect him like if to that's be what doing. it looks like every game. Then that's, that's like, maybe a question.
0: Uh, well, but, I don't know, but again, 22 and 9. Right. So and like, against and we should also say the competition you're going at Illinois was the number one defense in the Big Ten last year in two point defense. Yeah, and Coleman Hawkins is definitely nothing is very to sneeze good. at. Yeah. I mean, that might be a pro prospect with the way he was shooting the basketball at the center position. Yeah. Dane Danger is a just behemoth of a center. Like they have a good center position. So I, I, I'm kinda let's remain to be seen. I I think Honey yeah, Dickinson's yeah, gonna be fine. Exactly. I'm, I think I'm just... it's more of like a oh, he had a down game and he had twenty two and nine. <laughs> and yes, it took twenty shots to get there. You'd like to see a little more efficiency, but that's the point. Like if yeah, what does a good game look like? Twenty eight and <laughs> twelve. What does a saying. great game look like? <laughs> Thirty five and twenty. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin McCullough was really good. To your point, I I also thought KJ Adams looked really good. I thought KJ did a really good job of knowing when to cut, finding the openings. Um, the the two man game with Hunter Dickinson looked yes. really good, at and time. he was he was able to take advantage of that. There there was the one time where he had the offensive rebound, just fighting through, uh, kind of overpowering a smaller guy since he's yeah. playing. More of a perimeter spot now and, and getting the offensive put back. He had three assists in the game, so you saw some of his passing ability. Um, of course, there are concerns with with the spacing and the shooting and stuff for KU. And part of that's going to be playing the two of them next to each other. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. listen, we kept trying to do the math
1: on calculating how KU was going to get to 23 point t- attempts per game. Well, guess what? At 12! At
0: 12! That's such a low. So that's number. how you do the math. You just such take away eight, math. dude. That's such a low number too, especially when you think about it being an exhibition charity game where it's like you have all the green light in the world. <laughs> well, theoretically, maybe, I mean, probably not, but theoretically, Bill Self might give yeah. you a quick hook if you do that. Yeah,
1: but, um, but I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe we we need to also readjust our thoughts on KU shooting threes. I mean, instead of twenty a game, what if it's only Fifteen or sixteen a game. Wouldn't that be bad? I don't know. I I don't know. I think maybe. I mean, on its face, yes. (laughs) But if Hunter Dickinson is you know a sixty to seventy percent field goal shooter and he's putting up fifteen to twenty shots a game, maybe it's not that bad. I don't. I don't know.
0: Honestly, a lack of shooting scares me more in the NCAA tournament than it does over the course of the season. Yeah, we've seen teams have great years all the time where it's like ah, but they're only shooting thirty two percent from three. But you would power their way through. But then in the tournament, you get Purdue. They just stack the paint against Zach Eady and nobody can hit a shot on the outside and you have a billion turnovers <laughs> against Fairley Dickinson. That's the scare. No, I. So, like, I, I don't yeah, want to react to the also, game like, I don't think it's a big deal. But that the, was a question coming into is, the game and it was backed up in the game, the lack I'll, of shooting. I'll push it a little bit back and
1: say, you know, I don't think it should be like you need to hit a quota of X number of three-point attempts per game. Because if you're that. not a good three-point shooting team, shooting a bunch of threes...
0: That doesn't equal good. No, you're right. Good. Play to your strength, right? Like, what's going to be bad, If you shoot 50% on twos, that's equivalent to shooting 33% on threes, just in terms of the points per shot. So, theoretically, if your average team is shooting, or if you're as a team shooting 33% from three, but you're shooting 55% from two... You should take more twos Probably than three Probably fine. The problem you run into is that if you face a team where That's they shooting say—
1: shooting 40% from three and well,
0: chucking it. That too, because then you get into the the math game. But the problem you get into is that if a team goes, hey, they're shooting much better from two from three, why don't we stack the paint and make them shoot threes? And then you're like, oh no, what do we do? I don't know how many plus shooters this team has. I think Nick Timberlake is one, but how much is he going to play? Like I said, I, I don't know that he's in the, the Bill Self-Trust circle yet. He might only play 15 minutes. They'll self with Russ. I got to trademark yeah. that, by the way. I know we do. Um, <laughs> like Kevin McCuller, I thought the three-point shot looked good. He went two for three, but outside of him, they went one for nine. Yeah. Is Johnny Furphy going to be a good three-point shooter? How many can you draw up for Nick Timberlake? Like, I'll just say this: where's the three I mean, going to come?
1: If Hunter Timberlake... if if, if <laughs> I almost said Hunter Timberlake, if if Nick Timberlake can't doesn't make a single three for a whole game, that's bad.
0: That's and really bad. Isn't that a big problem that you're so reliant on one guy to shoot threes? Well, I, I, Yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't How know. Kind of problem they ran into yeah. last year with Grady Dick. It was no, like if Grady Dick wasn't but, hitting
1: threes, nobody's hitting but, threes. But, uh, Jalen Wilson offset that because he ended up being a pretty – Yes. He ended up being – I'll say this. Jalen Wilson offset that by being a clutch three-point shooter. He wasn't necessarily like a great percentage-wise. I mean, I think he ended up right around 34%, 30, yeah. uh, which is not which but high is volume. average yeah. on high volume. But most, more importantly, it felt like Jalen Wilson was 50% on clutch threes.
0: I just right? don't know if they have enough shooting. It's a worry, and the lack of depth. I mean, they got four bench points in a charity exhibition game. So, I mean, big picture, like they're fine. Um, yes. they lost type uh, from what we heard. They lost in a secret scrimmage last year to Illinois. Yep. They ended up being a one seed. Thirty and four. And had Bill Self been healthy to coach in the NCAA tournament, I'd like to think they beat Arkansas. Yeah. Maybe they give UConn a game. Worst case, if you're a Sweet Sixteen team, they got a one seed that lost to the national title winner. Like. There's been worse seasons. You won the Big 12 last year in as good of a Big 12 as there was. Like, you were fine last year. And and here's another reality check. Even if you do end up being the number one team in the country, you think they're going undefeated? I don't. And guess what? If you get a one seed, you're probably going to lose five or six times. (laughs) And guess what a lot of those losses are going to probably be? On the road against top 25 opponents. Yep. By seven to ten points. And guess what happened in this one? He lost by seven points on the road against the top 25 team. There's ranked 19th in the country on Ken Palm. And for my money, honestly, they I'm look, watching they look, for the talent, they looked a, lot be a better. top 15 team. They looked a lot better than 25. You could convince me they're going to win the, well, I don't know, Purdue's going to be really good. Michigan State's going to be really good. I don't think they're going to win the Big Ten. No, probably not. But you could convince they me they're going to be the top four seed in the NCAA They, they look tournament. better than number 25. So if you're saying you were playing a sweet 16 type of game on the road in your first game when things are clunky and you have a bunch of new players and they have a bunch of experienced players and you had a bad game and you lost by seven, big whoop. They'll be fine. Everybody, relax. Calm down. Everybody loves you. Calm down. Tell someone, calm down. People love that. So, uh, yeah, calm down. All right. uh, We're going to get to our Pearson Collision hit of the week coming up next. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We'll get to our Case of the Mondays. Chiefs recap. Sad there. Uh, NFL Monday overreactions in the 4 o'clock hour. Who? Yeah, uh, if it, it was almost like we get those questions sometimes on KU mailbag. Where it's like, would you sacrifice yeah. the Chiefs getting blasted by the Broncos if KU beats Oklahoma? Yes, yes, I that's would. That's what happened. That's what happened. That's what, exactly happened, what happened. Yeah, and I agree. I, I worked. You know that that I would I would take the trade off of Chiefs losing to the Broncos and KU yes. basketball losing an exhibition game for yes. For this so dude, uh, who the hell can well, We it's did really, have the question. The we had the question that it said, would you take Kansas losing although I think it was by 30, uh, losing the exhibition to Illinois and then also losing the exhibition yep. to Fort Hays State yep. to beat Oklahoma. We're half of the way there. Yeah. Have you yeah. thought about that? What if I have not thought Fort Hays State? <laughs> what if unknowingly you made a deal and you just don't even realize it. I
1: I I don't, I don't I mean I that I assumed I picked that in the answer to the mailbag question. I think you did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Honestly, with the way people reacted to KU losing against Illinois by seven, I, now I'm starting to think I don't. If KU loses to Fort H State, I don't know.
0: <laughs> the overreactions I don't will feel be we get burned down. Yeah, there will be. Uh, we have our uh, hit of the week brought to you by Pearson Collision. Just like you, Pearson Collision loves to celebrate a great hit in KU football, but in your car, not so much. Quality work, every job. Pearson Collision in Lawrence. Uh, so, options for this week. Ones that come to mind. How, I mean, this is the one that immediately came to mind for me. When I think big hit of the week, I think of the most vicious hit that maybe we have ever seen. Craig Young knocking Drake Stoops out of bounds. Dude. Earned a 15-yard penalty. Just even an absolute me. vicious, don't even maniacal, me. horrendous, eye- That
1: was shuddering the, hit. That was legitimately the worst call I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and I know I say that every single week. Every single week, I come in here on Monday and I say, "Did you see that? That was the worst call." I Maybe seen my we time. should have "Worst Call of
0: the Week." <laughs> this this the was the worst call of my entire life I've ever seen. I rewatched it so many times, and, and every time I'm like, "Wait, what's what's going on here?" He just yes. like, ushers him out of bounds. Well, he let's okay. go. He doesn't. I don't, again, I don't even. Know. I he doesn't. Earlier. Drake Stoops doesn't even fall over. I mentioned this earlier. What drives me insane is Craig Young got shoved afterwards yeah. by somebody else. <laughs> what, what what what's going on there? Dude, that was so weird. Oh. so weird. Urgh. Uh, so obviously, that's not a real option. Uh, this is probably going to be the one, but I have a couple other options just to throw out there. Okay. By the way, there was one play that was a, like, quick little screen play to Drake Stoops. I forget which corner it was. Almost smashed him, but he just had, like, a little sidestep to get by him. But it's the J.B. Brown hit on the play. It was Farouk running the ball for Oklahoma, and J.B. Brown just levels him. He fumbles the ball. Yeah. It was a uh, run play late in the third quarter. Yep. Very next play was the play that Jason Bean has the untouched rushing touchdown, where if you want to rewatch that one, look at the angle of the safety, where it's like, oh, the safety's going to get him, and then he just runs right by him, and it's not even close. Jason Bean running is fun. It is fun when he gets out in the open field like that. Uh, But J.B. Brown set it up with the forced fumble, and I'm so glad, man. I've been on the J.B. Brown hype train all season long. For him to make a big play like that in the OU game, dude is just a ball player. He will smack you. And it led to a fumble and a very important play. The KU defense. Turns out physicality in football matters. The KU
1: defense has some dogs. Yes, they do. it starts with J.B. Brown. And, yeah, I think this is the best play because it is. it was a big hit. It forced a turnover. It led directly to yeah. a touchdown. A touchdown that gave you the lead at, the, at that point in the game, late in the, late in the third quarter. I think this is a slam dunk. J, our boy J.B. Brown.
0: Yeah. Now, some other ones. Um... Shoot, man! If Kenny Logan would have dragged Dylan Gabriel down uh, when he broke that tackle, that might have been up there. Was that no, that was on the what, what? It was was it fourth and it, it was, was it would have been goal. second and goal, so it would have made a third okay, and goal. Okay, okay, cool. um, there was honestly the hit by Austin Booker when Dylan Gabriel was throwing on the fourth and three in the first quarter. That was a good one. That was a good one. Also,
1: uh, in the fourth quarter, late, remember they rushed three, and it was Jeremy Robinson, I think, who who hits Dylan Gabriel as he's trying to throw, and that eliminated. Are you talking one about of like? Their- yeah, there was four, they, when there was the like 10 seconds game. left in the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. I they thought, rushed three, and yes. it, was,
0: it was Robinson. With eight seconds. It was Jeremy Robinson yes. who hits him, and then and he they have smashed the smashed yes. him as he was throwing, and it, that resulted in an incomplete pass. Yes. No, no throw there. And then it was Austin Booker who had the near pressure on the last play of the game, even though he got the throw off. But yes, yeah. Jeremy Robinson, that one should go up there. Uh, Cornell, it wasn't a huge hit, but Cornell Wheeler making a tackle on the third down and long for OU to make it fourth down with 2.15 left. And eventually they get the, uh, the, the false start or whatever, have to punt the ball away. Uh, how about that? On the punt... The ball goes into the end zone. How about the hit of the ball hitting the turf so hard that it pops into the end zone and gives you a touchback instead of being pinned inside your five? That was pretty important. How about the hit of the pregame flyover? That was mm. awesome. Dude, that was the best pregame flyover I've ever
1: witnessed in my entire life. It
0: was cool. I was, I was there, was, uh, they I, flew over, and it yeah. was like. when well, they did a couple, like, almost like test yeah, run yeah, they did before, like some, too, yes, like an hour, an yes, hour and a half before. Yes, it was awesome. That was really cool. That was Really awesome, but yeah, it's the JB Brown one, right? Yes, JB Brown hitting him, forcing the fumble. That's the winner. Which means we He's have our two. first yes. two-time recipient. He's in with front. JB Brown. He's in front. He's got two. He is. Everybody else has one. Kobe Bryant has one. Marvin Grant has one. Austin Booker with one. Daniel Highshaw one. Jared right. Casey one. And then Highshaw uh, assisted by. Do we need to a have a Jason discussion? Me. Is where is where is this?
1: Yeah. Ranking? So right now the best. Kobe Bryant still won, Kobe. right. Or I don't – where are you – this one okay. cl- This is
0: close, right? Let's have a conversation. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I just want to start a dialogue. So in terms of game importance, this one is above that one. Top 10 team at home. I mean, a top 10 win. Oklahoma, last time you're playing them. I think so, yes. Dude, come on. The OU win is more important than the BYU win. But we that, really need that from Kobe. I know, I know. I'm just saying. Um, In its own, you beat Oklahoma by five. You beat BYU by 11. So theoretically – this one had more value to the win. <laughs> Both big hits. Kobe's probably Kobe's bigger. hit was bigger. Kobe also picked up the fumble himself I mean, dude, and ran he it came for a touchdown. In like a missile. I think it is still Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I think so, too. But I would argue the J.B. Brown one is number two for the season. I think,
1: yes. I think so, too. That's fair.
0: I don't know, man. Dude, Daniel Hyshaw trucking that guy. Loki. That low-key yeah. low might be number two. That was most disrespectful <laughs> of the year. For sure. There. Yeah. So, uh, J.B. Brown wins it. That is our Hit of the Week brought to you by Pearson Collision. Pearson knows accidents happen, understands the stress and pressure. Pearson embodies trusted, experienced, meticulous repair, and they work with your insurance. Pearson Collision Repair, 7th in Connecticut, in Lawrence. One hour down, two to go. Case of the Monday's next. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Tough getting out of bed this morning after your weekend-long bender? I got to get out of here. I think I'm going to lose it. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. (laughs) Instead of focusing on Monday, it's time to rehash the glory days of the weekend that was. Right now on Rock Chalk Sports Talk.
1: You're freaking me out, man. I got a massive headache. Okay, let's just calm down. How does
0: it calm down? Look around you. With Derek Johnson.
1: When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, "Sounds
0: like someone has a case of the Mondays"? No. No, man. Four o'clock on your Monday, time for Case of the Mondays. Who is having a Case of the Mondays today? Nick is having a Case of the Mondays from Rock Chalk Pickahawk, that's for sure. Uh, so yeah, dude, we, this we, new yeah. format is brutal. We went back to the OG rules, which was uh, one point for every point, two for rebounds, assists, three for blocks and steals, and you lose a point for every minute played. So you're trying to find the most efficient guys, basically. And defense really matters here. Uh, Nick took Hunter Dickinson at first. Who had the most points? He had 11 in this format. Uh, but KJ Adams got you negative eight. <laughs> A Marco Jackson had negative 16. Bad. And Nick Timberlake had negative 4. Terrible. So you ended up with negative 17 points. <laughs> I didn't do like super well. I only had 7 Dude, points. long gone of the days where we used to score 100 <laughs> points. It was like 90 to 80. <laughs> uh, Kevin McCuller got 8. Dewan Harris got 2. Parker Brown got negative 2. Michael Jankovic got negative 1. So I ended up winning 7 to negative 17. These are more like football score. Well, you can't get negative, but. Dude, imagine.
1: Imagine if you – okay, imagine if you got a safety. Instead of the other team getting two points, you lose two points. Who says no?
0: I guess what's really the difference if you think about it? That's what I'm saying. By the way, it's two points. Well, screen.
1: okay, what about this? You miss a field goal, you lose three points. Oh. So if you, if you make it, you get three. If you miss it, you
0: lose At three. that point, I feel like coaches would – or at least to would be smart to not kick field goals. Always go for fourth and shorts. Like if it's fourth and 12, whatever. If it's a short field goal, the risk – is too much. Just think about it. Worst case, you don't convert a fourth down, zero points. You miss field goal, negative three. <laughs> certainly make people go for fourth downs more. That'd be interesting. That's true, yeah. It would force coaches. Instead of being soft, mm-hmm. they would be forced to, yeah. or you would think. I don't know. All right, well, uh, I'm off to a 1-0 start in uh Yeah, bad. Up, Very so bad. Good for, me. good for me. Bad, bad case of the Mondays for me. Uh, more case of the Mondays here. Stuart Mandel is having a case of the Mondays. Dude,
1: this clown goes out and is like, "How can I write the most annoying, stupid column after KU beats Oklahoma? What, 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 what's what angle can I take here that would just be, just the most absurd, stupid angle? Oh, I know. Lance Leipold is gonna leave Kansas for Michigan State, Northwestern. How could any possible coach at the University of Kansas pass up any?" Big Ten job
0: in the new. College and you mentioned Northwestern. Game. Yes, Which, like that's the one where it's like okay, Terrible. if you took Michigan State, like it's understandable they probably throw a lot of money. I, like, I almost didn't even sport. want to give this man the, the, the time of day. Why but, would he uh, take the Northwestern job? But yeah, it basically, if you missed it,
1: he, Stuart Mandel wrote like this, like twenty things list, and one of the, a little column, one of those things was on Kansas, and he essentially wrote that uh, Kansas is not going to be able to keep Lance Leipold in lawrence very long because the big 10 is going to come calling and how could how could little old Kansas possibly hang on to their head coach when you got big 10 powerhouses like northwestern calling or michigan state or what are blah 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 whatever dude like just why can't you just be normal and just be like hey big win for Kansas over Oklahoma this is pretty cool no you gotta
0: find the most ridiculous angle possible stupid yeah, that one just I don't know doesn't make sense to me. Okay, uh, case of the Mondays for Clemson. This was Dabo Sweeney uh, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Said yeah, because because they lost and and you know they, they lost a couple times earlier this year. They lose to Duke, then they lose to to uh, um, Florida State in overtime, and uh, then most recently they, they lost this last week. They lost the week before to Miami in overtime. He's uh, this was again a couple weeks ago. Maybe we need to lose a few games and lighten up the bandwagon. Okay, well, you're doing it. You're now four and four. <laughs> so, case of the Mondays for actually not Clemson because it's good they lost. <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, this when, is he says, when he says lighten up
1: the bandwagon, does he just mean like, what does that mean? He's tired of hearing from like the bandwagon fans, fans that, that are, are not diehards. Gone
0: through the bad and the good. Well, dude, um, you're
1: going to start hearing from the diehards and they're you're not going to hear good gonna, things.
0: Yeah, they're not going to be happy either. Yeah, yeah.
1: you're going to get a phone call from the diehards and it ain't going to be a social call. It's going to be a why-the-hell-do-you-suck call. <laughs> well. And listen, I could not be happier
0: for, for DJ U. DJ Uyungle. He's gone to Oregon State. They're in the top well. 15. They're, Which, they're by great. the way, did you see what happened in that game? I'm going to bring that up now. Case of the Mondays for Oregon State. I, I did not see what happened. Oregon State and Arizona. Uh, I saw they lost them. Arizona, yes. So, at the end of the first half, three seconds left. Which, by the way, Arizona? What, what's going on I told there? you, best three-loss team in the country. I didn't I believe you, you and I, clearly I should have. Anyway, um. Oregon State has the ball. It was like a 35 to 40-yard field goal Okay, at the end of the first half. It was either tied or they were down three. doesn't matter. They ended up losing the game by three, correct? 27-24. Oregon State did, yeah. Oregon State lost by three. 27-24. Oregon State has the ball around the, again, it would have been 35-40-yard field goal, so you're 20-25 yards out from the end zone. Three seconds left. They faked the kick. Oh, I did see that. And the, the it wasn't even like a fake <laughs> kick throw. It was the kicker just ran. Kicker actually had a pretty good run, but no, he I had did. stopped at like the 10-yard line. <laughs> I did actually see that. Turns out, if they would have just kicked the field goal, <laughs> would have been tied. Not if you miss it and you lose three points. You would have lost by six <laughs> then. I guess so. And anyway, you would have really six. been screwed. Uh, anyway, uh, Case of the Mondays forever thinking Cooper Flag was not going to go to Duke. Yeah, but Turns out, the number one prospect in the country who's really good and is white is going to Duke. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, turns out he's going to Duke. Uh,
0: <laughs> by the way, do you think it was did you, did you find it weird that they announced this commitment at like
1: eight a.m. this morning? That was a little league? weird. Like, yeah. What's up with that? Hmm. Brian know. Windhorse meme? Yeah. What's going on there? That's a little weird. But yeah, uh, Kansas was on him a little bit. Then he canceled his late night in the Fog visit, and at that point it was like, well, okay, <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming out. Duke backed up backed up the Brinks truck or whatever. I'm sure. And uh, yeah, but again, to your point, was there ever really a question of Cooper Flag going to play for Duke? Probably not. So, listen, John Shire, low-key kind of cooking. Loki, he's got he's had what? So in 2022 he had the number one class, number two class. Mm-hmm. 2020 last year he had the number two class. He's had the number one and number two class the past two years, and then in 2024 now he's I think he's up to probably with with Cooper Flag probably in the top two or three I would think.
0: Mm-hmm. There so, is a lot of pressure on John Shire to do well this year. You arguably yeah. have the best roster in college basketball. True.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're a great recruiter, you gotta you mm-hmm. gotta turn that into something on the
0: floor. And last year, you know, year 1, but you are losing the second round. We'll, we'll see how this year goes. Cuz if things don't go well this year, then then maybe all of a sudden pressure starts to mount, who knows. case, case of the Mondays for Achilles. The great Achilles? Achilles? Not the not the uh The Achilles? Is it was he Greek? Was he Troy? Is that a Greek god Trojan? from Troy or was that I don't think he was a god. A was a legend. He? he was a Wasn't he just a great gladiator? Yeah. But then it was. but he couldn't be His heel Killed or whatever. His one weakness was his Achilles. Huh. Well, turns out that's yeah. the same for a lot of players in the NFL right now. Kirk Cousins is the latest to suffer an Achilles injury. Uh, really stinks for him. Really yeah. stinks for the Vikings. Obviously, the Vikings were finding water. They were, uh, you know, four and four, whatever, at this point. Yeah, uh, so I, mean, I, I, yeah I mean, the Vikings either. have. Would have had a legitimate chance to make a pretty good run in the playoffs, I think. They were the 7th seed coming yeah. into even Sunday. Yeah. And then they won their game. Yeah. Uh, previously, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. Imagine if that was spent so much time on. The Jets should trade for Kirk Cousins. Dude, Dude imagine if they traded for Kirk and Cousins tears, and then he, he the Achilles. Achilles, That would have been really Viled. sick.
1: I mean, just really sick. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's just the universe giving the middle yeah. finger to the Jets. Well, J.K. Dobbins also has a torn Achilles, too, and that's a good yeah. player. And
1: he's been hurt in the past. Didn't he, yeah, he had, like, ACL injuries, yeah.
0: too. Yeah. So, Achilles, man, not a fun injury. That That is brutal. I don't know if you saw Aaron Rodgers. He was throwing passes for the Jets. Yeah, maybe like uh, Kirk Cousins needs to get in with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe on he the, he uh, needs to get on the uh, ayahuasca, uh,
1: <laughs> you know, routine. Sleep in a tree. Yeah, sleep in really a tree. Go, uh, go on a darkness retreat. Mm-hmm little bit you know maybe if you just go on maybe if you just if you just go on a darkness retreat and you can't even see your achilles then you don't even know what's injured and then you're fine is that how it works
0: i guess so man i i th- th- this stinks though for for him and it is really sad yeah now it's like because we talked about you
1: sellers at the trade deadline which yeah. is tomorrow by got, the way, because just Jefferson's still on ir right yeah yeah so who knows and, and i mean their backup is jaron hall mm-hmm. which like byu legend okay that doesn't really <laughs> inspire a lot of confidence But, like, what's sad about this is, and we talked about this at the time, but, you know, the the quarterback documentary they did, it made me really a fan of Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. Like, before I was like, Kirk Cousins, whatever, fine, sure, whatever. I watched the documentary, uh,
0: quarterback, and I was like, dude, this guy, I'm actually a fan of him now. Okay, should the Vikings actually, because Kirk Cousins is a free agent at the end of the year, right? Yeah. That was part of the reason why they were, like, trading him. Yeah, that was was the logic behind trading him to the Jets. Should the Vikings take this opportunity to say, like, I, I know this is really unfortunate, but it is the business side of things where they're like, well... You're a free agent. You're coming well, off an the, Achilles injury. Should we trade for a quarterback now?
1: Well, uh, okay. So that's the thing. Is the problem is, is like, they
0: probably won too many games to tank this year to get mm-hmm. like you know Kyler so Williams or whatever. Like, who's a quarterback that they could trade for? Do they trade for Kyler Murray? Cardinals are like we might get. Uh, That'd be kind of interesting. Well, here's the problem. The new Call of Duty game comes out in two weeks. <laughs> You think Kyler Murray's going to be interested in playing football? He's like, sorry, guys, I'm still hurt. He's like, but the doctors cleared you. Oh, I'm still going to be hurt for a couple more weeks. Sorry. Yeah. I, I've i got some finger issues
1: yeah. from, from holding the controller too much.
0: Okay. Who, who's another interesting quarterback that could be dealt at the trade of the line? That wouldn't be, like, crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Like, I mean. Russell Wilson. No. No?
1: He's cooking. And also, <laughs> San, uh, Sean Payton said that uh, they're not trading anybody now. Did you see that? Tom Payton came out mm. and said, we're not we're not dealing anybody. Okay. They're all in. Love that. Which I was going to get to that in our Chiefs segment, but that's actually good for the Chiefs. So uh, yeah. It's, uh, avoid Caleb good. Williams going to the Broncos. Yes, it was it's good, good that the Chiefs lost. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What other quarterbacks are there, man? There's not any really good quarterbacks, man, that would be that a this team would like trade. If you have a good quarterback, why would you trade him? That's part of the problem. Dude, the NFL trade deadline always stinks. We always talk about, like, oh, this player is available and that player is available. Yeah. But they're not actually ever available and they never get traded. All that happens is some, like, random corner gets traded for, like, a fifth round pick. (laughs) And that's probably all that's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, because I don't know. I mean, so case Mondays for NFL trade deadline. Are the Saints trading Derek Carr?
1: No, I would actually.
0: Dude, Taysom Hill kept coming in and doing good things against the Colts. Okay, so then trade for Taysom K. Trade for Taysom Hill. Trade for Taysom Hill. They, only had, they had no rushing touchdowns run running this past Quarterback weekend. power their, uh, every, other, every yeah. other play. I like that. I like that a lot. No, uh, don't do that. <laughs> Colorado football. They have now all of a sudden started to take a skid. They're 4-4. Four four. Their schedule is brutal to finish out the year. I don't even know if they're going to make Dude, a bowl game. I saw
1: a tweet from somebody that said Colorado had their sandity run.
0: <laughs> yeah, the first no, two weeks not. of the year. Yeah, it's kind of true, but this is their final games because they're four and four right now. Yeah, no, their schedule was terrible because they yeah. still have to play. They still have to play Oregon State, number sixteen. Oregon State this yep. week. Yep. Actually, yeah, yeah, this Saturday. Yep. Uh, then Arizona, oop, L. Like I said, you just said greatest L- three loss yep. team of all time. the country. Um, at Washington State, L, and then at Utah. Oh, <laughs> L. They have to win two of those. No, they're gonna go four and eight. I think they'll win one. I don't know which one. I'll just, like, take the numbers on But even then, like, you don't make it in at that point. Well, beyond that, they lost to UCLA 28-16 to on Saturday. And apparently a bunch of their players' jewelry that, they that like, players left in the locker room and stuff before dressing up for the game and everything was stolen out of their locker rooms. Yeah, that's messed up. It is messed Protect up. Take the locker rooms, man. What are we doing? That's crazy. I mean, dude, I go to a football game.
1: Like, I go to a KU game or any football game. You got 9 billion security personnel. Nobody's watching the locker room? What's going on there?
0: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't got, understand how this could happen. got 50 dudes guarding the goalposts at KU. Right. How many dudes can we get guarding the locker rooms? I don't know, man. That, that's very weird. Uh, Case of the Mondays for the uh, Tennessee Titans being able to wear the cool Oilers uniforms. Because the NFL has... Uh, actually, I'm no, sorry. It, they, no, it, was it was Houston. It, yeah, it's, it's University of Houston. I misread this story. Yeah, it's it's the, Houston- the NFL told the Houston Cougars yep. to stop wearing Oilers inspired uniforms.
1: Yeah. So the Houston Cougars, they wore uh, some some uniforms that basically looked exactly like what the Titans wore on Sunday
0: earlier in the season. And uh, but see, it does say Houston on it. It is different font, but it's the same color, same everything else. But where where's the line there? So just because the the Eagles wear green, no other team can wear green. Just because the Chiefs were red, no other team I can wear know. red. Dude, and- my my high school. My high school, Maze, the Mays Eagles.
1: We used to have a logo. It was red and black and it was like the it, it looks like the Philadelphia Eagles logo, just red and black. They said, "Uh-uh. Got to change." So
0: now I have now Maze High has a different logo. So I don't know. Mm. I think they could just say, why can't we just, you know, they're different. They don't have the actual, like, Euler logo but on dude, it.
1: But dude, if you're Houston, do you really want to spend the time probably not. and waste the money of getting lawyers to go in there and explain, like,
0: oh, actually, it's not exactly the same. Yeah, probably. Like, it's even it's even worth it? You're probably right. Uh, Last one here, Case of the Mondays, for getting to point watch with Iowa. There's all season long the added intrigue and interest of Iowa football where it's like, are they on pace to score enough points for for Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator, to keep his job? Uh, How many do they have to score after this? Well, turns out, according to Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic, Iowa offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz is out at the end of the season. Yeah, so I will say this, though.
1: I'm still going to have fun watching Iowa because, to me, the joy of Iowa is watching them not score.
0: So and finding ways that they'll win, even despite not scoring. Yes. So I, I think that I think that I'm still going to continue to watch Iowa, regardless.
1: Unless they unless they bring in some clown who's going to run a spread offense and it's going to be dude, there's you no know, way So that. boring. He'll just you hire know. someone who's basically every other the every same other college thing, yeah. runs a spread offense, four receivers. No, I want Iowa halfback dive with a fullback. Give me tw- uh, <laughs> 13 personnel. Give me three tight ends, one
0: receiver, HB dive. That's what I want to see. All right. He's an That's football how it's meant to be played, folks. <laughs> I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're listening on at KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on About half past four, you are listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. And thank you for doing that. And uh, don't forget, you can check out anything you miss on the Best of RCST podcast, wherever your podcast is now available. At KUSports.com. Outside of KU football beating Oklahoma, it was kind of a sad weekend in a lot of other ways. Yeah, dude. Yesterday afternoon. Basketball, Chiefs. It was bad. Yeah, it was. I was was depressed. And I'll be honest, so much so that uh, I, so I, uh, at night, Sunday night, I was laying in bed. Wife fell asleep. And I just put on KU Oklahoma highlights. (laughs) And I went to bed with a smile on my face.
1: There you go. It's like counting sheep. Yeah, it really uh, was. (laughs) Except counting (laughs) You know, points against Oklahoma.
0: (laughs) So uh, Andy Reid is always—I shouldn't just blame Andy Reid, but in the Andy Reid era with the Chiefs, yeah, every year that they have a good team, there is usually one. Sometimes two. They have a screw around and find out game. They usually do. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes they end up winning the second. Like last year, they almost it was two. It was the Texans in overtime. Yep, yep. But they squeaked it out. Yep. So sometimes it's close to two words. The or game is two. that's seared
1: into my memory is the Falcons game in. Oh, that's 20... a good one.
0: They were really bad. 20?
1: Uh, 20... Yeah, that was. 2019, maybe? That sounds right. And it was just the worst game yeah. I've ever watched in my entire life. And they kind of got lucky. The Falcons they got lucky. had a last second yeah. field goal to try to win the game. Missed and they the field missed. Goal or something. And, and, and the Chiefs won. Right, uh, it was the worst game I've ever seen. In my so
0: life. there will probably be one more of these over the course of the season, but the Chiefs might end up winning it. It'll be a stinker, nonetheless. Yeah. They they always lose at least one a year. Well, the problem it's is the Colts game from last You year. look at the rest
1: of their schedule, they don't really have very many games against like really bad opponents. They do you know, they, they still play the Raiders twice.
0: Yeah, Raiders. Uh, but but beyond that, they've got their, the rest of their schedule is pretty. Yeah, looking pretty tough. Yeah, so the challenge becomes not letting this impact kind of the rest of the way. I saw some people like arguing, is this the worst loss of the Andy Reid era? And off the top of my head, you could make the argument because as much as like the Colts blasted by the Titans in that one hurt when the Titans were a good team, you know, this was a bad team and you got blasted by him in a certain way. Like you lost by (laughs) double digits, right? Yeah, but you didn't really get blasted. Yeah. I mean, the Broncos suck. Well, do they? (laughs) Yes. They're three and five. They beat the Chiefs. They it took they beat a the Bron- they beat mega Gators. collapse to lose to Washington. They beat the pa- they beat the Packers and what's their other win?
1: Chiefs Packers, Packers Chiefs. and somebody else. I don't the remember.
0: They could have beat the Raiders. They lost by a point on a late field yep. goal. They could have beat the they could have beat the Commanders. I mean, they could easily be 5 and 3 with a win over the Chiefs. And how that would we be approaching that? Would be insane. That would be insane. I'm glad they're not. So, it was it was basically a confluence of everything that has to go wrong for the Chiefs to lose a game like that. A billion turnovers. Uh yeah. Which you had. You have a couple of interceptions. You have a muffed punt by McCole Hardman. Your guy. Dude, bring back Montrell. <laughs> bring back Montrell.
1: Free okay. Montrell.
0: Montrell was a good punt return.
1: He never he didn't drop any. He didn't. Which is sad that that's the baseline for being good. <laughs> is to just simply just not magic. just simply not drop it.
0: Yeah, so there's there's that um there was the fumble that uh, MVS had. It, yeah. it was just confluence of all the turnovers. Defense yeah. actually played good.
1: Yeah, they're still top five defense.
0: Yeah, they are. Uh, they're actually still. I, I saw this. They're still top five in DVOA, DVOA, and offense, defense, and special teams. The special teams one blows my mind. I don't know how they're top five there. Because Butker makes everything. I guess that's got to help. Maybe last year, honestly, in hindsight, with all the kicks he missed, like we should have been paying more attention to the injury he had. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, the offense is a mess right now, though. Yeah, I mean, okay. Mahomes was sick. I mean, that dude. That matters looked, too. He looked There bad. were probably more players on the team who had flu. I think they said Bucker had it Mahomes, too. It's probably Mahomes going around the team. Looked
1: really He looked like he was he in did. bad shape.
0: I mean, he did. I mean, it was not good. But even then, they kept showing him on the sidelines. and I was then. like, brother, this guy needs to get some Nyquil and go sure. to bed. Even then, him looking in bad shape, like I don't really He was view, still making insane throws. He was still playing. I thought, dude, well, the throw to Noah Gray yes. on a crosser where he just like I don't even know how I, the physics of like that throw around. don't even make sense to me. Um, the 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 fumble by MVS, it, it's a big time throw. If 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 that doesn't fumble, like maybe they go to score that drive. Um, on top of it, you take the ball out of his hands on like a third and one when you're running just a predetermined throw to Jet McKinnon, or the other third and short where they ended up kicking a field goal on the uh, little shovel plat. Like you're taking the ball out of his. Yeah, for okay. a Decision, right?
1: Uh, but listen, Andy, if you're listening. It's time to can the shovel play. It doesn't work anymore. Everybody okay? knows it's coming. It, it does not work anymore. The stupid little shovel pass, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It had a good run. It's over. Stop running the shovel pass.
0: And then on top of that, you have the, the pass to Sky Moore. That was a perfect pass on fourth <laughs> and two. He just drops it.
1: Yeah. So Dude, I, thought, I
0: thought Mahomes actually played a good game. I've been I've been kind of
1: fence-sitting on Sky Moore for a while. I think that's it. He's, he's just... It's just, it's just not working. It's just not working. So I don't know if you saw this. You, it's not working.
0: You do some work with uh, Kansas City Sports Network. Yeah, and uh, one of the guys from there, Matt Lane, who does stuff with with them, he he tweeted this out. I think this is earlier today. No, this was last night, and it showed the average receiver separation. So how much on average – I don't know how they measure this. Is this every route run? Is this just when you're getting the ball thrown? I, I don't know how they measure it. Nonetheless – They have so many wild analytics. They, they really do. Analytics. How much separation are you getting? Which, obviously, if you get separation, that's that good. matters. you're open, right? Yes, that matters. Travis Kelsey's is only 2.5. The league average is 2.94. But that's because Kelsey – Probably getting double teamed a lot. He's getting double teamed a lot, and he's winning on the margins, and like he wins contested catches, and you know it, it, it's just different with Kelsey. It just is. Um, I hate to say it, though – Elsie looks kind of old. He looks a little slower. Yeah, he a little looks, less agile. I think would be the way of putting looks, it. He looks old out there. He's thirty-four. Expected to come. No, I get it. So league average is two point nine four. Sure, he's the same age as Gronk. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, Rashi Rice is at six point zero three. So Rice is getting wide open again. Though Rice, it's a drop a game basically. Drop you have to just deal with it and move yep. on. MVS is at two point five eight. So he's below league average by about half a yard. Noah Gray is at 2.14, so he's below league average by almost a full yard. And Sky Moore is at 1.94, which is a full yard below league average. And so it's it's like you'll see times where Patrick Mahomes isn't throwing the ball downfield, and you're wondering what's going yeah, on. I mean, I always he's getting open. So it's not yeah. just that they're dropping passes, yeah. which we've seen that a I million mean, times. Mahomes, they're not getting open either. Mahomes had all day to throw uh,
1: for most of the game. Mm-hmm. And to your point, it, it became an infuriating watch because it was like – because, you know, on the broadcast you only see Mahomes standing in the pocket. So you're yelling at your TV like, Mahomes, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. And then they then they do like the all-22 angle and it's like, well, he's double covered. He's not open. He's definitely not open. Where is he, what's he supposed to do? So, yeah, it's it's very, very frustrating. And I, I don't know, man. I mean, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and their style, it's – and, you know, this goes along with Travis Kelsey too – it's predicated on creativity. It's predicated on being in rhythm and, and understanding the flow of, of what's happening, and, and you know that kind of stuff. And I, I don't know, man. I don't know if just if Sky Moore just doesn't have it, or like you know if he just if he's just running the routes how he's how they tell him in the playbook. But you know, we heard from Travis Kelsey about how a lot of times he he half the time he's not even running the route he's supposed to in the yeah. play. So it's like I, I don't know. Maybe is if the, is that the issue? Like is Sky Moore boxing himself <laughs> in too much? I I, I don't know. But it's it's again. It's not working though.
0: Sky Moore having a combo of not getting separation and dropping the ball. Kadarius Tony is just remains to be injured, and he's also lowest on the team in yards per I catch. Mean,
1: I, I can dust off my Kadarius Tony take. I know <laughs> I,
0: I, MVS is just kind of a one trade. He's a he's a deep ball guy. I mean the play where you have the the deep comeback in the first half where he doesn't continue to come back to the ball and ends up getting the the pass knocked away from his hands, it's because he didn't come back to the ball. And you see Mahomes yeah. being like yeah, come Mahomes. back right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I hate to say it. This wide receiver room needs Justin Watson. <laughs> they, I mean, Justin Watson has been like, but that's they not a good thing. If Justin Watson has been there, probably, okay, most dynamic receiver has been Rashi Rice, correct? Yeah. Justin Watson's the most reliable. Justin Watson has been the most reliable, and that's yes. not a good thing. Justin Watson should be your fourth did most you see reliable. Did today uh I saw somebody this, being like maybe we were too hard on Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> I also, I don't
1: I don't I don't know I don't remember exactly who reported this, but now supposedly the Chiefs are looking to trade for looking to trade Richie James because they have Mikko I guess Hardman, that makes sense? But like what, what what's that going to do? I don't know. Well, okay, I
0: think they need to trade for and then Andy a real Reed, receiver.
1: Well, Andy Reid said today
0: that he thinks they're fine. You see that? <sighs> no. He said he thinks they're fine. I'm hoping that that is a, like, in case we can't make a trade, not of confidence to the receivers, you know, or maybe like a negotiating tactic so that other teams around the league aren't like, oh, okay. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, when asked to be whether he thinks Kansas yeah. City has enough at wide receiver, quote, I do. I don't know, man. I, I get like, I, I, I don't think it would be smart for him to come out and be like, no, I don't. So I, I understand how he would come yeah. to the well, and, we, and we've we've mentioned this before, like. Andy Reid,
1: objectively, over the course of his coaching much. career, it's been one of his most positive traits, which is that he is going to support his guys. Yes. He is going to go back to his guys no matter what. You make yeah. a mistake, Andy Reid's going to go back to you. And obje- and overall, that it w- has always been viewed as a very positive trait about Andy Reid because it is something that is positive, right? Where you know you don't want to have something snowball with a guy, and that's something Andy Reid's done a lot with. I mean, you, you look over the course of his coaching career, he's done that everywhere he's been. If you make a mistake. He he will go back to you. He will go back to you right away. Uh, and but now when you've got this situation, it's turning into a bit of a negative. Right. To where now it's it's like he's he he's he's not
0: there's there's an issue of willing to accept the fact that what you have is just it's
1: just not, not good, enough. good enough.
0: Yeah. And, and I think part of what what makes it more clear to me is that you have seen progression from Rashi Rice this year, right? You've seen from week one to where he is now. It's still not to a point of where Rashi Rice will probably be in a year or two. And it's still not to a point where Rashi Rice is like, oh, he's a clear number one receiver on a, a Super Bowl contender. But you're seeing improvement. You're seeing him getting better. Yeah. And when you have that for a year one guy, and then you look at Sky Moore and you're like, wait, why didn't that happen for you this year? And why is it still not happening this year? Yeah. And, and you see that with Kadarius Tony when well, the thought was he's going to be receiver one. You and then, that then you for see, see some of these guys.
1: George Pickens make great plays. For that the makes Steelers it tough too. That that makes it a little bit. More of a bitter pill to swallow.
0: Yeah, second-round uh, receiver draft picks have not gone well so far. I guess Rashi Rice, that's unfair, because Chris Rice, again, is, is showing some flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, if this loss leads to them making a receiver trade that makes them better in the long term, it almost is worth it to me, but I'm not so, confident they're going to make a trade.
1: In hindsight, DeAndre Hopkins probably could have got him.
0: Would you have Maybe they still can? No. You don't think they can? He just had,
1: he just had four touchdowns against the, for the Titans. No. Okay. They're three and four though. Yeah, I don't know. Marquise Brown. I just don't think Marquise Brown
0: moved. because this is my hey, big issue. Marquise Brown's good, man. This is my big overarching issue with your discussion is that you know I'm not talking you, about Marquise Goodwin, right? No, I know who
1: you're talking about. You're talking about Marquise Hollywood Brown. He's got 38 catches four 16
0: four touchdowns. I don't know, man. Like, just had six catches and a touchdown this last. I
1: week. just have a hard time coming up with guys that are going to legitimately move the needle and that that will make that it will be worth it for the Chiefs.
0: Well, and part of the problem is the Bucks are, like, contending for the division. So. Yes, because the NFC South is an abomination. Yeah, so, like, Mike Evans, that's going to be a non-starter. I mean, we need to we need to
1: relegate the NFC South.
0: I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster had a uh, touchdown this past week. That'd his knee might explode, you? though. Yeah, his knee might explode. Uh, but it's just like, dude, I, I, dude, bad I, like who's yeah, going to be selling?
1: I don't know, man. Who's that's that's be the selling? problem.
0: The Giants like, don't have receivers. And I, I the one thing about this is, I think it is
1: so obvious that Brett Veach he is not going to overpay. He is not going to overpay for anybody. Okay, so unless the deal is there, they're not going to do it. That's that's why that's why I'm I'm believing that they're not going to make any deal. I agree. I don't, I don't think, think they're going to make a deal. I mean, Brett Veach has shown that he's not willing to overpay one dollar or one draft pick to anybody for any player. Well, the one that's, that that, I, that
0: that that's that has been the whole reason for the Chiefs' success. Yeah, the one that I, I'm really thinking you're kicking yourself on back in the off is Adam Thielen right now. Thielen is having a reset. Thielen looked kind of washed last year. He already this year has 57 catches. He had 11, 11, and 8 the last three weeks. 107, 115, 72. I, I don't think the Panthers are going to trade him because they want to help Bryce Young prosper. Maybe you can get DJ Moore from the Bears. Maybe Marquise Brown from Arizona. I, I don't know. There's not a lot out there with the team selling. So I don't I don't see it happening. I don't know that it will happen. And, and to your point, I I think the odds would say, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. But you've got to try been, everything you can to do it. The
1: Chiefs have been... Incredibly, incredibly, incredibly conservative with signing guys, mm-hmm. with making trades, and the end result is. But they've been great in the draft, so the end result has been you've got you know, four receivers. or five great defenders on your defense, and you've you've drafted phenomenal offensive linemen and whatnot, and and you you've done a great job with that. But you just, <laughs> I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen. Well, I don't think the Chiefs are going to make any sort of trade. Tough one this weekend, but
0: Dolphins. At the end of the day, Germany.
1: Chiefs are fine, and they're still going to win the Super Bowl. I think.
0: We'll see. Dolphins in Germany, bye week Eagles. You could at least easily lose three it in a row. Be six and four. Not that I'm going to pick them to do that, but you could easily yeah, do no, that. Six and four is you a the very... the Bills a couple weeks after that. Six
1: and four is a very real possibility. It is.
0: But I think if you split, probably be okay with that. Yeah, you're fine. The Chiefs, I, the Chiefs are fine. And honestly, the Dolphins one would be more important, just from a seeding and tiebreaker.
1: I mean, I cannot emphasize enough how fine the Chiefs are right now
0: yeah it really sounds like it all right uh we got nfl monday overreactions coming up next he's nick springer i'm Derek johnson this is rock shock sports talk on klwn depend on it until five on rock shock sports talk we'll talk more ku football coming up at the top of the five o'clock hour and we've got a bunch of ku football audio to get to you between some players and lance leipold throughout the five o'clock hour here after their big win over oklahoma uh first though nfl happened over the weekend it's time to get to our NFL Monday overreactions. That's right. Time to overreact. Out! To the uh, NFL. Freak
1: out. <laughs> Is that how that song goes? I think. I don't know. Yeah. Freak okay. out. There we go. Nice. See, and you think that I am not cultural. Culturally plugged in. I'm the most culturally right. plugged in person ever. No, you're right. The, the
0: fact that you knew the song Freak Out proves that you were the most culturally yes. plugged in person ever. Yep. Absolutely. You Correct. got him.
1: 100%. Yeah. Okay. First up. Chiefs, they're not going to the, make the Super Bowl. I mean, the season's over. Mm. Cancel the season. They're done. Cancel the season. They're over. They're not going to okay. make the Super Bowl. Um, Why are we still playing? Bench home, Rest Mahomes for the rest of the year. Okay, so here's the deal.
0: They could have beat the Broncos, and the answer to this could still be not an overreaction because it's really hard to make the Super Bowl. But I guess if you're making the definitive statement, they will not make the Super Bowl. Yes. I think that is an overreaction. They can still make the Super Bowl losing this game. Easy. They lost okay. to the Colts last year. Yes. And I'm sure if I go back, like you just forget them, it's easier to remember that one because it was one year ago. If I go back to the 2020 Chiefs team, that team had to have lost like a weird game too, right? Yeah. Well, I'm, I remember the near losses. Or the 2019 team. Yeah, I remember
1: the near losses. Like the, the Texans last year, you almost lost. Uh, I mentioned the Falcons game. Oh, hey. The 2019 They had the, the, uh, they had the team. Packers game, they the had 19- the Titans game.
0: The 19 team that beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl also lost to the Colts, but that was at home. That was the 1913 <laughs> on like uh, Monday night or yep. Sunday Night Football where uh, like too. Cam Irving like messed up Patrick Mahomes' ankle because he couldn't yep. block.
1: Yeah, I do, remember, I do remember that game too. But no, I mean think about it. Then you, you know, like I said, you almost lose. You almost lose to the Packers when they had Jordan Love in his first start. Malik Willis almost beat you on Sunday Night Football. You almost lose to the to the Falcons. Like I can go down the list, you know, I have a dozen games that you almost lose. That's just the—that's
0: just the NFL, man. That's just the NFL. Yeah, you're gonna I'll have play to lose most games. You're gonna get beat. So yes, I think it is a bit of an overreaction.
1: Okay. All right. If you needed one team to beat another team by a billion points with your life on the line, the Cowboys are the team for you. Wow. They'd be the best.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is actually valid. So, like, this is not me saying the Cowboys are the best team in the NFL. Like, I think they're the, the best
1: team in the NFL against bad teams.
0: I don't even know that it's bad teams. I guess some of it is bad teams, but it's like mid teams. Like, I don't know. Are the Giants bad? Probably. They beat them 40 to 0. Patriots are bad. They beat them 38 to 3. But, like, the Jets are like a, a middle tier team, they beat them 30 to 10. They uh, beat the Fine. Rams, who, again, I don't think the Rams are like bad. I think the Rams are like below I think, average. I don't think the Rams are bad. I think they're probably around the 20th best team, maybe. That's bad. They beat them 43 to 20, and it was a game that was, what, 30 something? Yeah, they were 33 up to 3 or something they, like they that. 33 to 7? Yeah. Yeah, that might be true. They, they just blast all the bad teams, and then they lose to the good teams.
1: But isn't that Cardinals. bad?
0: That doesn't make them a good team then. I think they're a good team. I just don't think they're a great team. Mm. All right, you look at the NFC.
1: Specifically for this season, the NFC should change their playoff format to eliminate the seven seed, and not. I don't. I don't want to watch that. Okay. Whoever that is in the playoffs, just eliminate it.
0: What if we just donated it to the AFC? I'm actually. This is not an overreaction. <laughs> I'm on board with this. Okay. Okay. So, so you, you said it. The Vikings are, are. they the seven seed right now? Yes. Yeah, so this NFC? is this is the NFC playoff picture right now. One seed is the Philadelphia Eagles at seven and one. The two seed is. Do you know who the two seed is? It's not the Niners. It's uh it's the Cowboys. Seattle Seahawks. What? How about that? 5 and 2. The 3 seed. What's is- the Wait, so the cow- the Cowboys are what are they? Are they 5 and 2? Well, they would be the 5 seed right now because they're the Eagles. Oh, there.
1: I'm an idiot. Yeah, they're okay, also 5 and sorry. 2. The Lions would be the 3 to, seed of to
0: 5 and 2. They turn my brain on there. The 4 seed would be the Falcons at 4 and 4. 5 seed would be the uh um Cowboys at 5-2, the sixth seed would be the 49ers at 5-3. Wow, that's three. insane. The Niners are down to the sixth seed. Yeah, so I mean the five and the sixth seed are good. Um, but then once you get to the seven seed, here is your race for the seven seed. Minnesota at four and four, now without Kirk Cousins. New Orleans at four and four, Bleh. Tampa Bay at three and four, Bleh. Rams at three and five, Bleh. Washington at three and five. Ugh. All those teams are within a game. And then the Packers are somehow a game and a half back in the playoffs. The <laughs> Giants and Bears are only two games back in the playoffs. <laughs> the Panthers are only three games back. Ooh, <laughs> makes you think. Did they get hot? Uh so yeah, let's eliminate the uh seven playoff team, just give the second best yeah. team buy in the NFC. Dude, listen. And then like if I, I was labeled the
1: I was labeled a hater mm-hmm. back in well, oh, whatever, three years ago, four years ago, whatever, when the NFL decided to expand and add the seven team. I was labeled a hater because I said that I do not want to watch crappy teams in the playoffs. People got mad
0: at me. Okay? I still stand by that. I do not want to watch crap teams mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Okay. For what it's worth, I never wanted him to add it either, but it had more to do the for year because the
1: year they did it, it was the year that Pittsburgh got started. Duck yeah. Hodges in the playoffs. I don't need to watch <laughs> no damn Duck Hodges in the playoffs. Okay. For me, it was more I, I don't want to
0: watch that. Reward the top two seeds at the bye week, um, and so I think that's super. But like, anyway, I like, don't want to watch Derek Carr. Okay. okay? Well, should we? Just I don't want to watch Jordan Love. Should we donate the seven seed in the NFC to give the AFC eight teams? Because right now. The uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Here's the 8 through, I, I don't know, the 8 and 9 seed in the AFC. The Jets and the Bengals. Those teams deserve it more than the teams in the NFC. Let's see, this is where the NFL has a stranglehold over me personally.
1: Because I say that, and yet, come playoff time, I'm going to watch 7 and 10, yes. the division, the, the, the 7 and 10 Falcons as the divisional winner in the NFC South. I'm going to watch like them too. play against somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. Even though I don't want to, it's terrible. It's a disease of the brain that I have. It's horrible. Uh, what's next up? All right, next, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are actually elite. They're mm. actually they're actually really good. They're
0: insane. <sighs> they're insane. I don't. They're good. They're really good. Are they elite though? I don't know that they're elite. Who are the elite teams? I'm thinking, okay, so we got the, the Chiefs. I would still put up there. Chiefs are the Stinker. Eagles, obviously, Bengals best record in the NFL. Ooh, you ready to put the Bengals yes. back there?
1: I'm, I've been telling you
0: for the last month. Okay. The
1: Bengals are going to end up as a, as a, one of the top teams.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, am I willing to put the Bills up there right now? Their, their defense is battered and banged up. Ravens. Ravens should be up there. And with the Ravens. Are they elite? I guess we could put the Jags know, up like, there. If the,
1: like, let's put it this way.
0: If the Ravens and the Jaguars played... That would be a close a game. coin flip. Right? So does and that mean the Jaguars are elite too? Yeah, and think about it this way. Jags only have two losses. One of them's to the Chiefs by eight in a game in which they had like three or four passes a weird that game. were near catches but were just out of bounds. Yeah. I think they're a really good team. Yeah, they might be just be elite. They might just be elite. I don't know. I'm still like holding out though that they're on that second tier. Like they're, the first tier to me feels like elite of the elite. Okay. They still feel like a second tier team to me where it's like, mm. They could beat any of those top-tier teams on any given day, but it's like, am I really going to pick them to beat the Eagles or the Chiefs in a playoff game? No. Am I really going to pick them to even beat the Bengals or the Bills in a playoff game? No. Probably so I'm going to say no for now.
1: Oof. All right, did you see what happened at the end of the Giants-Jets game? A lot of things happened. Are uh, you talking about the ball spotting? No, I'm talking about something else. No. What happened before that? Okay. Are you, so I'll explain it. Okay. The Giants are up 10-7 to over the Jets. It is a rainy, cold game. Okay. There's like 28 seconds left in the game. The Giants have a, I think it's a 35 yard field goal. Or, or it's fourth and one. Let me say this it's fourth and one. There's 28 seconds left in the game. Okay. They're at the 20 yard line of the, of the Jets. It's a 35, or inside the 20, 35 yard field goal. The Giants, instead of just going for it on fourth and one to seal the win, decide to kick a field goal. They miss, the Jets get the ball, and they go down and kick goal, tide, and they win in overtime. So, Brian Dable, I believe, should be fired mm. for malpractice. Coaching malpractice. <laughs> Fire him right now on the spot for not going forward on fourth and one to end the game. What wow. are we doing? Go for it. I mean, I, I, I can't even i can't even wrap my mind around it. The weather is bad. It's raining. You need one yard.
0: One. One single yard. Just go for it and win the game. He should be fired. I wouldn't go as far to say he got fired. Wasn't he the NFL coach of the year last year? I don't year? care. Fire Was that a bad decision? I, I, yes. I do not care. He deserves to be fired. And, and I'm so glad they lost. People aren't allowed to make uh, one mistake. I'm glad they lost. I'm glad they lost and he should be fired.
1: That is an overreaction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about this one? The Cincinnati Bengals, they are back. They're so back. They're elite.
0: They're back. I just said that earlier. Now we're here to it now. They're back. They're back. They're elite. Yes. They're going to make a deep run. I'm on board with this. Not an overreaction. They are back. Uh, They beat the 49ers on the road. And whose fault is that? Say it with me. The Los Angeles Rams. Can you really blame the Rams? Yes. No, I don't think you can. Yes. The Bengals if are they're clearly. 0 4, but, if the Bengals are 0-4, they are done, dead, buried. Good night. See you never. But clearly, the Bengals are better than the Rams. So how can you blame the team that's worse? No, because they could have won the game. They could have beat them. But they couldn't have because they're the worst team. No, you're missing the point. Bengals are they good. They could have easily the won the not. game against the Bengals. At which point the Bengals would have been 0-4 and, 4, and it it they would have been done. Three at the time. I I don't know. They were been been 0-4, I think. I they think were 0-3. I'm pretty sure. Going into that game. I don't think it would have mattered. I think they'd still be doing this. I think the only difference would be they'd be one. But they wouldn't worse. be able to catch up. Is my point. It's only one game. That I mean, could be the difference. It could in the end. But if they're gonna win, if they're gonna end up twelve and five, it's not gonna matter. No, it, it matters. It matters from a from a morale standpoint. It matters. I got in, the Rams uh, are to blame for this. This morning on some Bengals seventeen to one to win the Super Bowl action. Those are pretty good odds, aren't they? I mean, the, I mean, the Rams
1: are absolutely to blame for this. <laughs> No doubt in my mind. Okay. You can't convince
0: me otherwise. Well, you can't convince me. Wise? (laughs) So okay, they would have been they would they were 0
1: 2 when they beat the Rams. But then they got blasted by the Titans. Mm -hmm. So they would have been 0 3 and then lost to the
0: Titans to be 0 4. Mm -hmm. At that point you're done. Maybe. Done. Maybe. No chance. We saw the Chiefs beat what what was 1 5 or something? That's different. Why is that different? Because uh, it doesn't fit my narrative. Okay. <laughs> the Bengals would have been done. So I'm blaming the
1: Rams. All right. That's fine. It's the Rams' fault. All right. We need to have a dialogue mm-hmm. about one Brock Turdy. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> Turdy.
0: <laughs> he, he's he's bad. He's not a top-half QB in the league. He sucks. He went from being so good. We were having top-ten conversations. And uh, now over the last three weeks, he has three touchdowns to five interceptions. There are some people wondering if the, because uh, ever since the, the like concussion he suffered against the Vikings, things have gone downhill. But Oh, yeah. well I, I don't know if it's that. He might have got a little
1: CTE there, but, you know. I don't that. know if
0: it's just, it was bound for things to go south at some point. Sam Darnold, waiting in the wings. That he is. Would you put in Sam Darnold? No, I, I think Purdy's earned more of a leash than that. I mean, it's not like Purdy has been like zero touchdowns of five picks. He still had 365 against the Bengals. Yes, he had two interceptions. That's not great. Um, One of them was bad, too. It was. Really bad. It was. You got to give him a longer leash than this. Plus, that's like a tough, well, tough-ish schedule. Bengals <laughs> at Browns, best defense in the NFL. Or at least maybe. I thought was the best defense. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And then uh, at Vikings, not easy. Primetime Kirk, though. You got to win that. game. Do you think they wish they still had Trey Lance? No.
1: No, I don't. Okay. I
0: don't think they wish they had Trey Lance at all. All
1: right, last one. Will Levis? He's gonna be a good starting QB. He's gonna end up being a good starting QB. Which will Will Levis be better than Brock Purdy? Maybe. I don't know. He's got. A, he's got. Uh, I, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. But the thing is, is I think the real question you, you asked the wrong question. Will, will Will Levis be better than
0: Bryce Young? Oh, okay. From the same draft class. No, he will not. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm still high on Bryce Young. I watched a lot of that. So you think Will Levis is going to be panthers Titans game. They just don't have enough weapons. He's a young player. Will Levis, probably a better situation with the Titans, more around you. Better coaching than what the Panthers has. Um, Also, like, shouldn't we just go back to the guy we just talked about, Brock Purdy? You have a good start. That doesn't always mean you're going to have a, you know. It's one thing for a guy to come out and have, like, one good game. Okay. Two good games replicated. It, it replicated over the course of. Well, his you know, game.
1: it's the it's it's the age old adage of you know once NFL teams get film on you, you're screwed.
0: Yes, you know. So I I don't know. I'm still uh, remain to be seen on on Will Levis. Okay, that's fine. Good first performance. I, I'm not sold on the minute.
1: Yeah, that's a lot on the matter. I mean, he's throwing to DeAndre
0: Hopkins. That helps. Yeah, that does help. You know I mean, who he else was like wide open on the, two else? or three of those?
1: Good could, could benefit from throwing to DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. He could make a trade. Don't make a trade. Two hours. You just said he could benefit from it. Well, <laughs> I don't think it would. the trade would be good for the Chiefs. Okay. Two hours down, one to go. More KU football talk next. This is Rock Truck Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into RCST on KLWN. Five o'clock hour here on the show. And KU takes down Oklahoma on Saturday. I mean, all the stats in the world were, were phenomenal. Whether you hear the first time beating Oklahoma uh, in 18 tries, or, or you had lost 18 straight. I guess is the better way of putting that. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think I was alive
1: when they beat Oklahoma. I know
0: Devin Neal wasn't. They interviewed him. Yeah, I don't think I was. I was, but I was a uh, Wait, well, what, a young one. I would have been like you two, know two what, years old. When
1: what day was? I don't remember off the top of my head.
0: I don't know what day. I just know it was in uh, 1997, 1997,
1: right? I guess it would have been. I would have been alive. Well, no, I would not have been alive if it was before December of 1997. I would not have been alive,
0: which it probably was. they won that. It was their first AP Top 10 win in forever. Um, First, like, home AP Top 10 win, I think, since uh, Oklahoma, right? 1984, That was OU as well in 1984. So uh, a lot of cool history broken in the game for KU. Jason Bean comes through in the clutch. Running game, uh, especially nice and everything. So let's get into some of that stuff here. What is the biggest positive from the game? Man, I think the biggest positive
1: for me was the fact that you're you're riding the wave of momentum, the wave of emotional positivity you have to start the game. You get the pick six, you're up 14-0. You're feeling great, and then Oklahoma wakes up, and mm-hmm. here they come. You muff a you muff a kickoff. You're down 21-14. Things could have really unraveled, really spiraled from that point. And even with a backup quarterback, it, it you know it could have gotten a little dicey. KU responded. They they absorbed the blow from Oklahoma. And they punched back, and they came back, and, and hung with them, and yeah, I man, I I don't know, I mean, I it's just I'm still having a hard time wrapping my brain around KU going out and in a lot of in a lot of ways looking like the better team and being on the same level physicality wise and on the same level athlete wise in some areas against a team like Oklahoma, like I'm just I'm just having a hard time with that. I'm, I'm trying, it, I'm, it's taking some time. My brain is like trying to. You know, conceptualize everything like that, and so that that was kind of my biggest positive was the fact that you 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 could have easily let things get away from you in that moment. Down 21-14. you muffed the kickoff, and that time and time again over the course of Lance Leipold's tenure at KU, we've seen Kansas get up, dust themselves off, and get back in the fray, and that's what they did, and they hung around, and in a game that turned really physical. I mean, think about it with the weather, Oklahoma was running the ball. Right, it was. It became a very, very physical game on both sides, and KU was there. They were there.
0: Went toe to toe with them. Yeah that, that that's a good point. I hadn't really even thought about that. That you weren't like you said, like athletically or or just physically. Like it wasn't a mismatch at all. Which... I mean,
1: how many times have we heard? I mean, even I mean, we have Brian Haney in here, and he's talked about it. How many times where it's one team gets off the bus and the other team gets off the bus, and it's like, wait a second. These dudes are about to play the same sport. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt sometimes for KU in the past, right? Not the case. Not the case even remotely
0: anymore. Um, I would say for me the biggest positive. I I don't know. I'm between. I'm between a couple. The way the defense was played, really good. Yeah.
1: The response by the defense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. The way that your running game got back on track. You had 91 rushing yards against Oklahoma State. And that was the—I mean, every other game you, you've been able to run the football. Yeah, the way that you did this against Oklahoma, a team that was only giving up three point four yards per carry coming in, the way that your two running backs took over the game—that's so encouraging. But I—I th- I think beyond that, especially because the Jalen Daniels status is up in the air? Question mark. Yeah, it's knowing that Jason Bean can make the key play when you need him to. It wasn't Jason Bean's best game. In fact, if you were just looking at like individual stats. Jason Bean had a bad game. Yeah, below 50%. You know, the passing passing mark on the lower mark for him for for other games. Yeah. Like, if you compare the stats of this game to the Oklahoma State game, the Oklahoma State game blows this game out of the water. Oh, yeah. But this was a game where he made the key play in the key moment. The fourth down and seven. You got three guys rushing at your face. You throw the ball 20 yards downfield, and you hit Lawrence Arnold. That play is going to go down in Kansas lore. That play is going to memorialize Jason Bean. Yeah. And knowing that you have a quarterback who can get it done in the clutch, which, for better or worse, we evaluate quarterbacks a lot of times based on that. Why is Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins, despite the fact that they have these amazing numbers and stats, not viewed as guys who are top 10 quarterbacks? It's because a lot of times they don't get it, get it done, done in the big, big moment. moment. right? Yep. I mean, dude, Kirk Cousins was mocked his yeah. whole career exactly because of primetime Kirk. And so with Jason Bean, we've had that question before. And there have been other games where... You know, that, that's come up short. Not in this game. Not in the most important game that he could possibly do it. Yeah, I thought you brought up a good point
1: about the rushing attack, too,
0: because, I mean, we sat here on Friday and said, you
1: know, hey, listen, if you think Devin Neal and Daniel Hyshaw are two of the top backs in the country, prove it. Yeah. Go out and prove it. I think they did. And, and they did. They went out and they took it to Oklahoma. You know, their rushing stats aren't – they don't blow you out of the water. Both of them averaged around 4.5 yards per carry. Uh, two touchdowns for Highshaw, one for Neal. Uh, but it was just the consistency. It mm-hmm. was the consistency with which you were able to move the ball. You know, you were able to consistently get uh, some some chunk yardage, and you and you also broke off some big runs. Devin Neal had a big run. Uh, Daniel Heishaw had the touchdown run that got called back. That would have been a big play for him. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, incredibly incredibly effective on the ground uh, when you needed it the most, right? When you needed to lean on those guys in a in a game where the weather was was not great. It was raining. It was cold. You turned to your running backs who you think are the the two stars of your offense without Jalen Daniels out there. And they both delivered when you need them to. They both, they both were very effective.
0: Honestly, if they would have ended up losing the game, one of the biggest positives you could have had was that Jalen Daniels warmed up in pads. That was a positive. Not nearly <laughs> yeah, man, as much as though you beat a top 10 team. It it doesn't compare, but it yeah. is a positive. I mean, Lance Leipold's We haven't brought it up today. It is a Lance positive, Lance Leipold's right? comments today did That's not too, True. Kind true. very positive. Kind of, uh, put out the fire a little bit on that one okay what is uh, the biggest negative in this game
1: oh man i mean special teams maybe was a pretty big negative in the game overall
0: yeah you had the the dropped kick Uh, return by trevor wilson
1: yeah because like the the defense was fantastic i mean they were bad for what like a couple drives but then they figured it
0: out yeah it's funny because i can point to like defensively Oh, you put up four forty yards, which is like a good number, but it's also not a number where it's like, oh, they got blasted. Well, they're average, I but, think, for the season, right? Yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. Um they had two sixty nine rushing. You could easily that that to me would be the biggest negative that you get up two seventy rushing. But still, it was four point nine yards per carry, which is not like an exorbitant number. Yeah. And also most of that was to your point in the middle quarters. Yeah. It was the second and third quarter that they you got think most about of that. It. On the, on at the beginning the, of the game and at the end of the game, you didn't really give up much. Exactly. At the end of the game, Oklahoma tried to run HP, mm-hmm. died three times to, to kill the clock. and Couldn't. <clears throat> didn't work. And then, like, passing the ball, you look up and you're like, oh, they averaged nine yards per pass attempt. Like, that's a really good number. But when you take out, because I was like, I was watching the game. And, and when you're watching the game, what I like about Fox is they have the little, like, on the scoreboard graphic what the quarterback is the whole way. Yeah. yeah. So most of the game, it's like Dylan Gabriel is three of five for 21 yards, or he's nine of 12 for 70 yards, or whatever it was. He had the one play on the, the their last drive of the game, which that was like a forty-five it was a yard, thirty-nine pass. yard pass yeah, is what yeah. it was listed as yeah. on the play that probably could have been offensive pass interference. They even threw the flag and then they pulled it. Outside of that play, which was just kind of a hail mary type throw, that again could have been called that way or could have not, but either way was not like a representation of they're destroying you in the passing game. They just won kind of a lucky ball. If you take out that pass, they averaged seven point three yards per throw, so it wasn't even like that crazy of a game. Yeah. Sorry, I just, I just completely. Uh, but anyway, the special teams. <laughs> I think special teams probably, probably the biggest
1: negative. Missed field goal. Missed field goal. Dropped kickoff. You know, again, the defense was was phenomenal. Besides what we just talked about, and and the, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you, I mean, you could argue Jason Bean is the biggest positive and the biggest negative because he made some real negative plays, but he came through in the end. So I don't, you know, I don't want to put him as a negative, but you know, the offense moved the ball successfully. So I don't even want to call that a negative because he put up 38 points against an offense that, as you had highlighted last week, had not given up more than 30 points all season, mm-hmm. right? Texas was the most amount who had – Texas put up 30 uh, on in Red River. So, And this was supposed to be a much-improved Oklahoma defense, and KU was still able to move the ball pretty consistently on them.
0: So I'm trying to find what the exact number is here. But honestly, my biggest negative might be – Two point conversions. Yeah, neither team converted a two point conversion. Neither team. Well, and this is now a trend for KU specifically. Because okay, so what did what did KU go against Oklahoma? Was zero for two on third day, or on two uh, points? No, they three? went for like three or four. Was it that zero for three? I think. Okay, so they had the they were okay. So they make it 26-21, they, oh, they, they went for that. That was zero for one. Four. They went for they went for three. They were right? zero for three. Okay, okay, zero for okay. three. Go back to the Oklahoma State game. But they, they were all open. They were good play. I know. I know. But they were 0 for 3. Go back to the Oklahoma State game. They were what? 0 for 2 or 0 for 3?
1: Mm, I don't think they had tried 3 in Oklahoma State. Okay, so maybe it was 2? Yeah.
0: And I'm trying to think. There wasn't another game this year that you went for a 2-point conversion, right? And the last 2-point conversion we saw them have of the previous season did not go well. <laughs> so that means you've missed like 5 or 6 consecutive 2-point conversions. But they, they're good plays. Andy, Andy, K, Andy K was dialing up some Again, stuff. I'm not putting the blame on who's to blame. Polnicki was dialing. I the agree with stuff, you. They've gotten like good all opinions, games, but somebody is causing them to do bad on two-point <laughs> conversions. I have a guess of what would be the reason, but I don't really want to get into it. Uh, but that's the biggest okay. negative here. Fine. Yeah. Is that they they're they're just they they keep not converting two-point plays. Eventually, you're gonna have to. But convert. if
1: that's your biggest negative, I know. you, would you think, think that that's well, not gonna be? Well, they beat a be... top ten
0: team at home. Yeah. No, I know. Okay. Be. Yeah. No. Picking nits. Sure. Yeah. Your favorite saying. What I, don't is your, think,
1: I actually hate that saying. I know
0: that's why I said it. Oh, okay. Uh, what's your biggest neutral of the game? I think
1: I think the Jalen Daniels thing is the biggest neutral. Okay. To be honest, Jalen Daniels thing might be the biggest neutral. Or I don't know. I mean, could you say, like, you because you you thought the weather was an advantage for KU?
0: Yeah, but, but I said the weather also, delay was, was an advantage for. So you. was
1: the weather the biggest neutral? <laughs> Maybe. Because OU I think in the end it was still that positive because of the weather. The OU did run the ball effectively. Mm-hmm. That was because of the weather. That was a direct result of the weather. So was that the biggest neutral? Because then you you throw in the stuff with the, with people leaving the stadium.
0: The weather biggest neutral. I mean turnovers were the biggest neutral. <laughs> oh, you were there literally you go. even. Yeah, that's a good one. You were literally even. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And you had to force some to win the game. Yeah, but also that you be you neutral. had too many offensively. And with special teams. And one of them you didn't take advantage of like you did the other ones. Yeah.
1: That was frustrating.
0: So maybe the turnovers.
1: I still think either Jalen or the weather.
0: Because when you encapsulate everything that happened involving the weather, I think it kind of... I mean, could it be going back to the rushing defense? Could it be the rushing defense? You have 270 on the ground. Yeah. But then again, it was 4.9 per carry, and it was mostly condensed in two quarters. Mostly on one or two drives. Yep, you stopped when you you needed to. I think that would go up there. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, What was the play of the game?
1: Oh, dude, there was so many. <laughs> There's so many crazy plays.
0: I mean, I think. I mean, you can go back I mean, to you the gotta... Dats and pick six. That was such a huge play. I know. to the crowd involved. I know and, and on it happened game. like six hours. It really did. As, you know, you could that was Ottawa a big play.
1: The Jason Bean rushing touchdown was a big play. The, the fumble Jay forced by J. Brown, Jamie Brown that we gave the Pearson collision hit the, of the game too. The, the, the fourth and I mean, the, the, it's I, I hard to not pick fourth and seven. I think it's hard to not pick the fourth and, fourth and seven. seven. I mean, obviously, that's game on the line. Yeah, you know, it's hard to not pick that one, but I, I do think the the Jason Bean rushing touchdown after the debut in Brown fumble was big because K.U. had been stopped in the red zone two times previously in the game, and so with Jason being able to just score on a long play like that from I don't know what like 38, 30 yards or Something whatever twenty five like yards, that basically eliminated K.U. having to stress about trying to score in the red zone. <laughs> so that was pretty big. I think that was it's fair. I think that was an
0: underrated big play, but again, I, I don't. I mean, you can, oh Mason Fairchild on the seam—that was a big play. That was a big play. Jeremy Robinson hitting Dylan Gabriel on the yep. play with eight seconds left to make it down to three. Yep. Yep. But again, I I don't I think you have to go with the it's the fourth down. You have conversion. to go with fourth down. Jason okay. Bean to Lawrence Arnold. Yep. Billion yards. Dude, by the way, I was looking today. Uh, Jason Bean because there's an alternate world here where if they don't convert that play, Jason Bean is being vilified today for better or worse.
1: Yeah, there's and if you no go back, again. I, again, I mean, I think we talked about this earlier in the show, but Jason Bean, if KU loses this game, 1,000% Jason Bean would be shouldering all the credit yeah. for the loss. And so, and conversely, that's part of playing quarterback. No, I know. I get
0: it. But conversely, he should be getting a lot of credit for, for KU. He should, because he did make also. the play. Yes. He did make the play. But going into that drive where KU ends up scoring in the fourth quarter of leading up to that drive of the OU game and the fourth quarter of the Oklahoma State game combined. Seven for nineteen, passing the football in those in those moments for seventy-seven yards with zero touchdowns, three interceptions. That's not great, but on that drive, two for three, 54 yards, and the big one to Lawrence Arnold on fourth. Yeah, I mean, listen, I and get he had it. a couple scrambles on that drive too. I mean, I
1: get it. You you going into that situation, you were probably not feeling very confident with Jason Bean and what he was able to do. But dude, all it takes is one, mm-hmm. all it takes is one play, one chance, one opportunity. To totally Seize everything
0: you ever wanted Do what Mom's spaghetti Oh is that part of that Did I just say that by
1: accident <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my bad Well anyways
1: As I was saying That's all it takes man Yeah For you does. to change the narrative For you to change the narrative about With with Jason Bean
0: Who is your player of the game
1: <laughs> Dude I mean Lawrence Arnold Jason Bean Devin Neal Daniel Hyshine Two wrestling touchdowns So I don't think you can
0: give it to Jason Bean
1: Probably not just because he was so up and down. Yeah. And again, I think I'm overall towards, the net
0: positive because you made the key plays and those are worth more, just inherently.
1: I'm leaning towards Daniel Highshaw.
0: Or Melodot. Devin Neal had a great game. He did. A couple catches, over 120 rushing yards. He was awesome. Yeah. Mason Fairchild had a big play. It's honestly hard to pick one because this was such a team effort. It was a, yes, it was this a was complete not like, effort. It this was, was not, not one like, guy dominating. Yeah, like I, last like, year. You go
1: back to the Devin Neal game last yep. year against Oklahoma this State. I was just going to say, Three the game they got them bowl eligible last yes. year.
0: It was very obvious. Devin Neal. Yes. I still want to go with, I don't know. <laughs> By the way, oh, we didn't even mention this. I just thought of it, the play of the game. How about that Quentin Skinner catch? Yes. Double deflection on the sideline. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. Great Unbelievable great, concentration. Great I'm going to give it to Devin Neal. I'm going high show. Do Lawrence, Lawrence Kids. Okay. No, I Let's okay. just give it the running the, back the, duo. The storyline. running back duo.
1: The storyline with Devin Neal is certainly, yeah. you know, Lawrence Guy literally came here to to help build this program and has checked a lot of boxes of what he probably wanted to do. Probably a few more he still wants to check off, mm-hmm. but
0: that's all within that's I'll well, enjoy within it because I don't know how many more you're going to have with Devin Neal. That's true. I mean, this could be it. Yeah, this could be it for him. I might only have. I mean, think about it. Like, I mean, if KU goes out and makes a big bowl title game, sure. And but, but if, let's say KU goes eight and four, nine and three, like it might be an opt out of the bowl game situation. Go pro. Decision so time. enjoy it. You might only have four more games of Devin Neal. Yeah, decision time for sure. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Truck Sports Talk. Let's get to some uh, player audio, including from Jason Bean and some others as well as Lance Leipold coming up later in the show. This is KLWN. Depend on it.